0: Battle Lion Podcast, and uh, of course, uh, for the new listeners, I'm Ian Scotto.
1: I am Tonto, Chris Peronto. And uh, usually
0: we interview different special operations veterans, guys in the mill community, uh, sometimes some guests outside of that realm. But every now and again, we like to do a guest-free show. We like to get into the emails that you guys send to us. It it gives us a better idea of uh, who you guys are and kind of what you like to hear from us. So this is one of those shows where we go into the mailbag and we see what you guys sent us to Battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Um, before we get into everything, I, I, I'm gonna paint a scenario for you guys because I know so many of you are gonna relate to it. You know, you're in bed, you're tossing and turning. You have everything on your mind, whether it's money issues or issues with family and friends or work issues. And next thing you know, you just have not had a productive day the next day. And I I can tell you for me, this used to happen to me all the time. I was not someone who could just put my head lights out, put my head down lights out and go right to sleep. And one of the things that has really changed that for me is Ned. Um, Full spectrum hemp is not only going to help with that anxiety, which really kicks in before bed, but it's also going to help with that sleeplessness and and those dealing with post traumatic stress. It's going to help with that as well. And that's why. We've become such big advocates for what they're all about.
1: Yeah, they, they've done a great job helping me get leveled off. You know, I, I I'd be using them for last—I think it's been over, over a year now—and um, you know, get to a point where at night before you go to bed, just put a couple drops under your tongue and and think of a good thought, happy thoughts, and and then sure. you're able just to just to just to nod off and go to sleep and their, all their products. I said, I I've talked about before. I I do swear by them, their immunity blend. I take that every day. It's helped me as part of my healthy lifestyle, uh, staying healthy, staying fit, but also staying, you know, uh, staying well, uh, not getting sick, not getting the little, you know, this is the first season where I didn't get much of, of the, uh, uh, when you're a runner and you're outside all the time, especially during the spring when pollen season comes, you know, you get the little sniffles and you get the little the, the little colds that come with pollen season, especially being a runner being outside. I didn't get that this year um, and I attribute part of that to the immunity blend and it and I'm an avid worker work and I work out quite a bit. It's, it's kept my energy levels up um, along with other supplements I do, but that is one of them and it's a primary one. So definitely look at the CBD um, if you're well on that end, but you're looking for something to keep you healthy, especially if you're a traveler and you're in different areas all the time, get that immunity blend and you can take it with you. It's just in a little small bottle and, and you can carry it in your travel on bag and it's it's perfect. So uh, um, check out all their stuff. And then they also have tremendous emails that are just positive when you open up your inbox. Uh, they have mental health awareness emails right now or mental health issues issue, not an issue, but mental health issue for your emails and you go through and it's a positive read and it's it's just a tremendous company and their products, uh, their products actually correspond to that positivity they have on their websites and they have great customer service as well, all around the best CBD company out there and then there are other products they have on the line, tremendous, tremendous health and wellness company, check them out guys.
0: Absolutely and as they say, plants before pills, yeah. The fact that people are getting into this instead of getting into psychotropic drugs in the worst case, but guys just getting on addictive sleeping pills. I mean, this should be... I should say your first line of defense before you get into any of that stuff, which could lead down to a bad path. It's it's all natural medicine. So if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the podcast audience. Go to helloned.com slash battle line or enter battle line at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus Free shipping, that's dot com slash BattleLine to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Once again, guys, go there now. HelloNed.com slash BattleLine. And as always... Every show is sponsored by our friends at Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry but it quickly became apparent that it will be a top contender for hunters alike with the ammunition being cnc spun the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger fort scott munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states as well as, um, well, right now, not on their website. I was about to say as well as on yeah. their website, but you can get their merchandise on their website, which is fortscottmunitions.com. And there you can go to the dealer locator and you could find a dealer by you. Um, when it comes to Fort Scott, you know, a lot of our other products are stuff that I stand behind. But when it comes to guns and ammo or anything in the defense uh, firearms industry, I always look to Chris as the guy who knows his stuff. And I know this is a brand that you've stood behind for years. And that's why we work with them.
1: Yeah. They've been tremendous as well. Another ethical company that, uh, and that's, that's what you look for first. I I, I know brands and how well the stuff works is great. But as you get more into this (laughs) public figure world and you're repping people, uh, ethics within the, within the actual organization should stand above and be all everything else. and, and then the the quality of, of the product to me comes next. And but normally it goes hand in hand. You have ethics within the in the in the uh, business, and you're going to have a great product. And that's how it is with Fort Scott. Um, and their ammunition is the best on the planet. So um, get that Tubal on Impact. Check out their other merchandise they have. Fort Scott Munitions, a fantastic company, a fantastic organization there in Fort Scott, Kansas. Yep, and you'll get
0: 15% off your order if you check out their merchandise at fortscottmunitions.com. If you're listening to this while you're driving, like many of you are, uh, when you're back home, check out the link in the description. It'll be right there. Uh, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. Let's get right into this.
2: You are now tuned into The Battle Line Podcast.
0: The switch is on. Battleline podcast and uh we've got uh, we actually have more to get into than, than i realized because beyond the emails there's a couple of things that we have to cover for sure um the first of which people will be hearing this on monday you know every monday is battle line podcast so mm-hmm. this will have happened by now um but for you know for us this is about to happen the uh the first medal of honor recipient during this administration which is going to be given to army ranger first lieutenant ralph puckett uh, who served during, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I have this right, yeah, during the Korean War. Uh, and I have, you know, there's been articles written for all different websites about the heroic actions <coughs> of uh, Ralph Puckett, but definitely wanted to mention that.
1: Oh, yeah, I, especially being an Army Ranger. I had to, we're tracing the lineage to you guys. We, so much respect for the Korean Rangers, those guys, uh I don't know how they did what they did. Unbelievable the 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 intestinal fortitude, the 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 physical, just the physical prowess they had and then just dealing with if you if you ever do history, ever read history, if you ever research the Korean War, the weather that they had to go through and they weren't built for the weather. I mean Battle of Bastone is huge, you hear about that World War 2 101st being out in the winter without a winter clothes. Guys, the Korean War was right up there with that Battle of Bastone. Climate where not only were you battling the enemy, but you were battling harsh, harsh winters and weather, and you weren't, and they weren't outfitted for it. Um, and then the the amount of movements that they had to make, uh, the marches they had to do, which is where we trace our lineage as far as the Seventh Ranger Regiment, which is we always are striving to be. I would think that's why the Seventh Fifth Ranger Regiment is still so good, and still, well, they are the best light infantry company, light infantry battalion, light infantry unit in the world. Um, and it's because of the lineage that we have to live up to. And that's one of them, the Korean Rangers. So, yeah, he, he, he deserves it. It's long overdue. And, yeah, if you don't know about Ranger Puckett, read about him and then get into the Korean War as well and read about what the Rangers did in the Korean War. It, uh, amazing. Amazing. I don't know how they did it. I couldn't do it. I, I, those guys were harder woodpecker lips. I tell you what.
0: Yeah. And um, just to give you, I guess, some quick background, this one is from the Washington Post. I'll just read a really quick excerpt here. But um, the clash that then First Lieutenant Ralph Puckett and his soldiers experienced that night on Hill 205 came at the outset of the Battle of the Chong. Changchun River, a pivotal moment in which a a pivotal moment in which senior US commanders were surprised by China's full scale entry into the Korean War. Thousands of US soldiers died in following days as they withdrew hundreds of miles back into South Korea in what the army now describes as the longest retreat in US military history. Mm -hmm. Puckett, who commanded the 8th Army Ranger Company, was wounded by a hand grenade in the first attack on the hill on November 25th, 1950, but stayed in command. American and South Korean soldiers absorbed uh, five more chaotic armed assaults through the night before Puckett. Ordered his soldiers to withdraw the following morning as the Chinese threatened to overrun them. So, um, as I always say, you know, we're losing World War II veterans, we're losing Holocaust survivors, and we're also losing these guys. So we got to honor them yep. while they're still with us.
1: Yeah, uh, better late than never. Tell you what, like I said, long overdue. But I- I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's getting, and his family is getting the Medal of Honor that is so well deserved. And he he saved a lot of lives that night uh, and risked his own. So. That's what it's for. Medal of Honor. He, he deserves every bit of it.
0: Yep. And I'm, I'm glad he's still here to, to be here to receive that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I wanted to mention one other thing. I last episode, I talked about the uh, the Oregon City Park being yeah. named after um, Tavern. Ty Tavern. Woods.
1: Tavern. Yeah. Tavern. And
0: I got a chance to watch a little bit of the video and i didn't even know that you gave a small speech yeah <laughs> that jack gave a small speech now here's the thing for and and i want to make this clear if anybody thinks uh, i am speaking negatively or anything you you know chris knows uh, you know especially but the audience knows i like to break balls it was an amazing ceremony but and you guys did an amazing job if you're hearing this, but I am going to break balls on this one. I, I'm guessing you caught this because I didn't catch it. I know someone on Tonto Tontoisms, yeah, uh, caught it. They, they always catch everything. You know what I'm referring to, though, right? Yeah, uh, no, tell, tell me because I want oh, to make sure. if you watch the speech, you know, which is on YouTube.com/slash City of Oregon City, it says you know um special guest Chris Peranto, Navy Seal.
1: <laughs> I didn't even care. All right, that's done. I'm Cheryl. Cheryl Bennett, that's Ty's mom. Cheryl, I, I, okay. When I come to Oregon City, we're having a talk. All right, you know better than that. I give her so much because she knows too. But it's I'm the, sure it's, it wasn't her though. I mean, no, no, no. It's the it's presentation. The, you know, it's got to be someone else. And it's it, no, it's the present. It's the city, the city that does all that. They don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I, that's they don't take the time. And it's not, guys. It's not the millennials. It's not anything. It's always happens that way. Ty was a seal. Most other people, you know, the, the two, and, and, you know, love you, Ty, and love you, Ty, and Glenn, but, you know, our two teammates that died were SEALs. So, normally, if people don't know the story, which I'm sure uh, some of them within that department there, or sit, the city of Oregon City, don't know Benghazi, they haven't. And, and uh, you know, sadly to say, sometimes it's because of political leanings. I wish it wasn't, but that's just how it is. They just assume that we were a SEAL team. And that just comes with the territory because Ty and Glenn were SEALs. And so I'm kind of used to it until if I'm there, though, no, I'll pull, I was like, how dare you call me a SEAL? You bite your tongue. You shut your mouth. No, I, I did. I, I I forgot about that. I did. I saw I was like, but to me, anymore, I'm like, eh, fuck, I'm fine. <laughs> what, I, what can I think it
0: happens not just to you, though, because I think it's that- happened to
1: Oz and Tig as well. It, it does. It happens what- to all of us.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I've seen it happen, not just with Benghazi. I think the problem is, you know, in our world, people listen to this podcast. I think people know special operations. And I could tell you, I won't throw them under the bus because, you know, they're supporters. But, like... I remember when I worked on Wilkow's show, someone who filled in, I'm not going to say their name, you know, they, they had, they had people that I used to work with on the show and they said, oh, we have Brandon Webb and Jack Murphy on and they're Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL. And I could tell Jack is like, uh, I'm not a Navy SEAL. No, fan. no.
1: It is like, you bite your, like I said, you hear that Rangers go like, uh, you
0: Do you up. think it's just, I mean, I think the public at large, a lot of the times they, when they hear special operations, because people forget, look, it's only what one to five something percent of the population who serves and of that one to five percent it's probably what one to five percent of that yeah and people think special operations they think navy seals and i think sometimes you guys get overlooked and i'll actually even tell you last night um i was out to dinner with a friend of mine and his brother and somehow this guy we went to school with uh that was in his class came up doug kachijian who was a uh who was an Air Force PJ, we have to have him on the show at some time, now runs a a training business, um, physical training business in the city. Um, And he said, oh, yeah, Doug was an Army Ranger. And I said, no, Doug was an Air Force PJ. And he's like, yeah, but he was a power rescue guy. And I said, yeah, he was an Air Force PJ. PJ. And I think, uh, yeah, oftentimes people just think Navy SEALs, sometimes Army Rangers, and then People don't even know that every unit has their own special operations branch. And even myself, when I first started doing this, it took me a while to realize special forces is the army special operations is everything. Uh, And, and even, I remember one time I interviewed some special forces special forces vets and I said oh you guys are special forces guys and I remember they were like oh that's a weird way to refer to it because I didn't realize that Green Berets and special forces were the same thing so some, yeah. for some people there's a little bit of a learning curve even myself a few years ago
1: I uh, and you know and now not nowadays you know there are movies and there are there are movies made of every branch of the service. I think it started with Black Hawk Down where you started to see hey it's not just movies and books made about Navy SEALs and that's when people started to learn more about it. But initially, and still, the majority of Hollywood, when it go- comes down to it, there are more representations of Navy SEALs than there are anybody else out there. Again, it's getting there that, oh, now there's Army Rangers, now there's Special Forces, Long Tavers, you know, Special Forces, the unit, there's Delta guys. So people are starting to learn, wait a second, it's not always Navy SEALs, but I still think just because Hollywood... Uh, portrayed the navy seals and still has more navy seal portrayals than anybody else that it's just an assumption it's just it's a habit man it's just a habit it's like oh you must be a navy seal he's up there that's what they all are aren't they all navy seals i mean that's what the hollywood says and within the community it's we don't get offended by it it's it i mean it's it's like yeah you, you rib you you bust people's balls about it but it's not like Oh, that son of a bitch. No, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just something that in the team room you can give people shit about. And, you know, it's not always a good thing to be, have that moniker that, yeah, Hollywood really reps the Navy SEALs. Because then that's something you can bust the Navy SEALs about. It's like, yeah, you Hollywood fuckers. <laughs> you know, it's, but it's it, it's all in good fun. And it, it's, at least I've never taken offense to it. Um, and I know now that, you know, I, and we always, it's just another it's just fodder, cannon fodder to bust people's balls when you're around having a beer, having a drink, or when you're downrange in the team room, you know, that's, the, that's why 13 hours, you know, the portrayal where I, that's what I said, you know, Hey, yeah. Well, he used to train Navy SEALs in Coronado. Yeah. How do you balance that beach ball in your nose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, but that's where it comes from. It's just that playful banter. Um, it's a little bit of envy. You know, there is, there's that alpha maleness of that competition, but in the end it's like, it's fun and we smile at it and i'm able to smile at it i'm able to look at that on the screen and go son of a bitch and just roll my (laughs) eyes but you know not not get all butthurt out of it because it's not it's 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 They're special operations units they're all awesome and like pjs like you said pararescue who knows about pete not very many know people know pararescue they did a discovery special on them it's a great it's a great um season where they followed a. uh pararescue team in Afghanistan and it's actually it's 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 it's, uh, it's true they're following an actual team and that was really i think first people actually saw what pararescue guys did that there actually is a pj our special operations unit, the uh, special tactics team there, the special tactics, I think they're STT or STS, but that pararescue, that combat controllers that the Air Force has their own special ops guys, and they're tremendous. But a lot of people don't know them unless you are within the community like you are, you're around us guys. So now you get in the lingo. But you have to be immersed in it before you start to pick it up. Yeah, no, it's true. When when I first got into this
0: world, they were just like, oh, Ian's a radio guy. he will pick up on this, you know, and it takes a little while to get into it. And, and yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> even throw in there, our most uh, listened to episode to date is still with Jeff DePazzi, who is JTF2. And I think it's because people don't know as much about the Canadian special yeah, operations. Yeah, that's a whole so other
1: – now you're in the whole other realm. Now you're getting yeah, we, into we another have, country special forces. It's true especially. that there's –
0: Filipino Navy SEALs. There's a ton of Australian Special Operations guys. And Dude, the tie I think ran- that there's, there's, the never, tie- there's never like, you, you've never fully learned everything with this.
1: No, and there's, there's the Thai Rangers. Those guys are hard as nails. I You know, you've got the Fuerza de Especial, which is in uh, the special, the they're the Latin American Special Forces. And they have the Fuerza de Especial that work in, and I worked with them when I was in El Salvador. Um, So you've got all different units as well in special operations or special forces community, even internationally. And yeah, the Canadian JTF guys or CANSOF, we call them, you know, the CANSOF guys, the Canadian Special Operation Force guys. You know, that's a whole nother realm as well. Then you're getting into the SAS where people know, well, there's British yep. SAS. All they all must be British. No, there's Aussie SAS too. There's, You know, you've got that as well. You've got other special branches of services and they also have SBSs. They have special boat teams as well. The special air service, special boat service. uh, um, And then you're getting in the MI6 and then you get in the MI5. I mean, it, it just goes down and it's really cool once you know what the hell it is but if you don't it's like what are all these acronyms and numbers i'm not getting in it isn't everybody just special forces yeah no no it's not that's not that way it's true and i think with
0: uh the reason the jeff episode did so well and i see it even on other shows that he goes on he gets a lot of traction i think there is still some mystique behind the canadian guys because there is no movie about canadian special operations
1: yeah and they and they are tremendous individuals and they work hand in hand with the agency and with our special operations with so calm uh because you know they really don't have they don't have a big army they don't have their big army their canada's army is the united states army but then they have the specialized guys and those guys are top notch and they will work directly with our special operations community because they don't have the big assets that we do. Or even in the SOCOM world, you know, they they're not self-sufficient. They can't get out there and do this stuff on their own without having having being part of Delta or being part of Dev Group or being part of Red Rangers. And that's that's great. It's not talking down to them. It's that they deserve to be in there because they are talented and they are great at what they do. You know, the longest sniper shot still recorded in combat is a Canadian sniper. Um, is it Jeff? I don't, I, he just doesn't No, it's the, I don't think it's, it was
0: <laughs> someone no, from it's JTF, JTF,
1: right? yeah, it was a was just kidding. It wasn't Jeff, it was somebody <laughs> from the JTF unit. I don't know if he served with him or not. We never really got it.
0: Wasn't there that it. guy Rob Furlong? I don't know if that was like in combat or it was the, I'm going to look this up Look real it quick. up, it
1: was, it was combat because it was Afghanistan. I remember, and I remember when it happened because it was a big deal. I'm not a sniper, so I make fun of snipers. Like, yeah. So yeah. what you got? You got to sit out there and shit in a bag for two weeks, and you got to shoot a guy. Great, good deal, guy. Wait. I go.
0: don't know if this is uh, the current record, but yeah, Furlong held the record of longest kill shot recorded in history. Oh, so this was until November of two thousand nine, okay. two thousand four hundred thirty meters, which is ah, two thousand six hundred fifty-seven a- yards. What's the current? Uh, I want to speak now. Current. But the but that's thing, the
1: thing—the Canadian special forces and all that—it's it, it's it is a it is can be a mess if you're not really into knowing all the nomenclatures and all the acronyms. So U.S. special forces, Canadian special forces, British SAS, Aussie SAS. Then you've got the South African—you know—you got South African special police forces, which are. Pretty talented in their own rights as well. Uh, it's just unbelievable, but that just says the talent as far as and talent. The talent I say talent because it is. It's talented to be part of those units and to have that intestinal fortitude to, to make it on any of those units. But so yeah, no, no, I, no, no. go I, ahead. Go I have ahead, go this ahead.
0: up though. No, I have this up, and you'll find this interesting. I think, or the audience will find this interesting. So, Rob Furlong. Um, is number four now who was Canadian, but of the top five longest kill shots, three out of the five are Canadian, one Australian, one UK, the no U S in the top five, six and seven. So I'll tell you guys real quick. Number one is a Canadian JTF two sniper name withheld. Number two is Australian uh, Commando, uh, I'm hopefully I'm saying this right, Second Commando uh, yeah. Regiment Sniper. You are.
1: Yeah, they're, re- they're called regiments. Yeah, Commando Regiment. Yeah. Yep,
0: yep, yep. and his name is withheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, and that's pretty cool that their name is withheld, that they don't need the glory. you know. Well, number they may three. still be
1: working, too. That's the thing is they that's may true. still be in the service, and they're not able to have their names out there. But that's cool. It, yeah, awesome. It's
0: very possible because those are 2017 and 2012, respectively. Uh, and then you got Corporal of Horse Craig Harrison of the UK, November of two thousand nine. Then, as I mentioned, Corporal Rob, Rob Furlong, Canadian, uh, number four. Master Corporal Aaron Perry, number five. And then the first U.S. is Sergeant Brian Kremer, uh, is number six. And, and so the record right now, which is that JTF two sniper, is three thousand five hundred forty meters. How insane that, is that? You that know is insane. Sharing, so. Yeah,
1: you. That's unbelievable. And uh, Yeah, it doesn't surprise me uh, that the other units, because when you're looking at the the units and they specialize in, we have great snipers. I mean, Nick Irving, hopefully we'll get him on the show. He's a tremendous sniper, Ranger sniper, and he's just a great guy, a great father, and a tremendous individual
0: you have never I, shot with him or
1: anything. Never shot with no. We've never shot together. He was third, third ranger. So
0: I, I, I just I, even mean to, recreationally
1: though. No, we have we haven't. Now we just never been in the same AO. Shit, is he in Jamaica? Every time I see a picture, he's uh, in Jamaica or somewhere. I don't know where. So, um, but you know, I I would say when you look at the U.S. Um, or even the Brits, the SAS, you don't sniper to me doesn't come to mind. Door kicking comes to mind. Landing and going into objectives, smashing doors, getting people close contact. That remind. That's what I think of when I think of U.S. special operations. I think of Delta or DevGrew or Ranger, Rangers, especially Rangers. Ranger smash. We have a joke. It's like Hulk Ranger smash. You send Ranger or British SAS. British British. The SAS guys are going there to to kick ass and take names. And I think that's the difference. Where sn- we snipers are. we, we have tremendous snipers. But to me, the focus, and just, just my opinion, guys out there, I know you snipers are going to say, or I know you state platoon guys in the Marines are going to say, "Oh, right, fuck you, Tano, you know what the hell you're talking about. To me, I just feel that when you think of U.S. Special Operations Command, and you think of all these units, the commanders in extremist forces, the SIF teams, it's that we get up and personal, and it's going in, blowing the door off the hinges, and going into a room and just, yeah, we're coming into your house, bad guys, we're coming into your house to kill everything. I mean, base, that's it. Whether you whether you like that or not, war's hell, guys. I don't give a shit if you think that's politically correct or not. That's the truth. Just if we're coming into your house, if we're coming in hard, uh, there's a reason why we're coming in hard. And and I, there is a saying even at Ranger Battalion. Actually, there's even a shirt. I have a shirt made, and it says that. It says, we're coming into your house to kill everything. and But that's the mindset, because if you don't have that mindset when you step through that door, you're going to die. Because you're not going in there to a hostage situation. You're going in there because there's terrorists boarded up in there and you got to get in there and just wipe them out to get to the next house and to get to the next house. And that's the mindset when I see here special operations. And I think a lot of guys within the SOCOM community will agree with me. And it's to me, that's a badge of honor. Snipers, uh, tremendous. But you also got to sit in a hide. People don't realize that it's not sexy, brother. (laughs) I mean, it sounds cool to be a sniper, but you also have to go sit in a hide site. A high, you gotta dig a hole or you gotta have an area where you're hiding. It's basically what it is what it is. It's a high sight. You don't get to go take a shit. You gotta shit your bag and pack that stuff out. You know that you get you don't it's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah it's it's a, there's a lot of unsexiness to being a sniper, which is why I just never wanted to be one. It's like no I don't want to go and no I mean it's cool to take the shot but I'm not sitting out there no I I want to land on the objective and I want to go in the room and I want to go take care of business and then I want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> but yeah, to those that are snipers, kudos to you because it takes a lot of patience. And I think Nick can talk to a lot better than I can because he was, he is a tremendous sniper. He was one of the best snipers within the 75th Ranger Regiment. If we ever get him on the show, he can go better than I can. Um, but you, know, you have to have a certain mindset to be a sniper and that mindset, I, I don't know what it is. It's not mine. I don't, I, and I'm the only guy you'll find, brother. Ian, this is another thing. I am the only guy that you'll find within that was a contractor or within the special operations community that was not a sniper. Everybody is a sniper. They will tell you. They will and you weren't tell you, you weren't
0: sniper qualified. Either I was never sniper
1: like qualified. I know. I did no interest in it at all. But that's also the sexiness of when you get out when you meet somebody, especially a marine. He's going to tell you he's a sniper. Everybody, it's a, it's a running joke. Everybody's a sniper out there. My joke is, I'm the only guy that will tell you, for a fact, I was not a sniper. I never wanted to be a sniper, and I never was a sniper. And I think I'm the only guy out there with it. That was a contractor with the agency, or was in the SOCOM that will ever say that to you. Uh, I don't know what the section is to be a sniper, but it does take a lot of intestinal fortitude and much respect to those guys out there, and also the Canadian guys. Like I said I worked with them in Kandahar. They are top notch, great, and they're just great dudes. They're just the greatest guys, and they can drink. American Special Operations guys under the table. Thank you. You can't. You got us, guys.
0: That's awesome, man. <laughs> I, so I had, I had one other comment about the uh, park naming that I found interesting. Oh, so, did,
1: did I miss something? What else did I? No, miss? no, no. But oh, okay. you, you always say
0: that you know it'd be cool to get Jack Silva yeah. on the show, but he doesn't like to do publicity or anything. You know, he did that. He did give us a uh, little speech. He did cover his face. I-, I don't know. If you let him know, I mean, no one's going to see him. We're just going <laughs> to use the audio. The only person going to see him is me I- I and tried. you. Yeah, I've, I would I've, love to get him on. I mean, right now we're not doing video, so it would be audio only. And I think people would want lo- No one's heard a long-form interview with that guy.
1: I- I've I've asked. Uh, Tig is actually asked, too. Tig, has, just you guys, so you guys know, Tig has his yeah. own podcast. He just started one as well. So check out Tig's podcast. Um but uh, Tigger's asked... What's it called him.
0: again? I know it's not. It's, I can't I remember.
1: remember. I, okay. you know, my my. And but uh, actually, who asked him first? That son of a bitch. When you see Mike Ritland, you tell him. That he did. Son of a, he did. So Mike Jack, doesn't talk to me anymore. Well, Jack, Jack Served. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Well, that's your that's your past life. <laughs> I don't know. People have got to get over that past life. But um, the the. Uh, yeah. Jack and Mike served together. So I did ask Jack. No, I did about six months ago when we, you know, we, we text about once a month. Jack and you guys, Jack is real. He's not made up in the movie. Jack is a real individual. It is not Jack's fault. He doesn't want to, he de- doesn't go on do media or he doesn't show his face. Um, though his wife wears the pants in the family there guys. Sorry. And she says, no way. Nope. But if never you
0: go on uh, like I said, go on, uh, it's I could even tell you the website address again if you just want to hear his voice it's youtube.com city of Oregon City yep. and you'll see he he gives a heartfelt speech about tyrone woods um and he covers his face so i um, you know I, I maybe if you let him know it's audio only
1: I'll ask him again brother don't believe me I've been barking at that <laughs> tree because I'd love to have him on and and I, I, I he's and he's just a good down if you if you do hear him talk if you go to there you'll hear that he's just the nicest Boy next door guy. He is he is John Krasinski. That that was the perfect guy to play in the movie because he is that boy next door. And I remember when we were there, him having all those issues at home that he was having to deal with the you know the real estate business tanked. That's why he came back out. You know having having to have a tree removed where his new place was. I it was you know that was that was stressful. And then finding out yeah that his wife was pregnant. Why he was there. And I do remember that. That is. That, uh, when I saw that, and I remember they got that in the movie, he was up on the rooftop and he had recorded a video back to his wife saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I freaked out when you told us we were married. He hadn't sent it yet. And he ran down from his rooftop, hit send and ran back up. And I thought, I was like, Oh my gosh, they, they got that spot on in the movie. And, and that, that remind, cause that's just the kind of guy Jack is. He's, he's up there. We're going to get attacked. And he's thinking, Shit! I need to send this video to my wife. I got guys cover my sector. I remember him getting on the radio, going, "Guys, I got to get to my room and send my video. Make sure my my, my sector clear." You know, because he had a section of the area, and we're like, "Roger that, go do it." And he's like, pshom, pshom, hit send, ran back up. And I remember when we got to the airfield, like, "What the hell was that?" He goes, "I forgot to send the video to my wife. I had to go shoot it to her because I hadn't hit send yet." And um, but that's Jack, you know, and and I would love to have him on the show too. He'd be a tremendous interview. Um. We still got to get clearance from hire though. And that's hire is the wife in the family though. And she's, a, she's a wonderful woman. And I, you know, I don't want to do anything to piss her off because she kicked my ass. She's up <laughs> What the was that,
0: <laughs> What was Jack Silva's background again? I just don't remember. off Seal off- team my head. five,
1: seal team five.
0: Okay. Cool. So of the guys that you, you know, were there with, as I know, there's some of them that you don't really talk to anymore. It sounds like yeah. he's one of the guys that you do.
1: Jack really, uh, as far as all of us go, and I think also because he didn't get in the spotlight, so he didn't get all that other stuff. Kind of, and it does, guys. I'll tell you right now, when you get into the public, it, it does kind of pull people apart. It, it not no, and it's it's not it's not all their fault. It's Our faults too. It's not anybody else. It's but I think because he didn't get into the spotlight of of the movie and the book granted he was there you know he came to the movie he was part of the book no he his his, everything that about Jack Silva in the book is from Jack Silva I remember sitting in a DC motel room when we were doing the final edits because we edited it like three or four times and we're all in a in a motel room in DC making sure the edits were all right together but uh, I I just I, I I I he's like the glue of, of everybody you know he's the one that's going to reach out and say hey Tig you okay even though if we're not talking to each other anymore we will always be talking to Jack because he's going to make sure hey you, you good you good and whenever there's a he's like the big, bro, he's the big brother that's what he is and he kind of took that over because Roan was the big brother when we were on station and I think it's portrayed accurately in the movie Roan was a guy that we looked up to as far as hey and it's funny because when you hear guys, I tell him, I tell guys that serve him, like Roan acted like that. Cause Roan, I guess was a complete hard ass when he was a seal. I didn't, I didn't work with him as a seal, but Roan was like the guy you'd go and vent to. And he would listen to you and he'd talk you off the ledge. Well, Jack has kind of taken that mantle over and he's always making sure everybody's good. And that's Jack. Yeah. So, um, Jack is the big brother and, and, uh, and, um. Yeah, he, he's the one that holds everybody together, and he's the one that stays in contact. I, I, I do, though, believe that because he really wasn't in all the craziness with the media and the news and the political bullshit that went, that, that we, hey, guys, we were part of that. We, we drug some of that on to 13 hours. Not all of it, but we did, we did drag some of it on to 13 hours. I think because he stayed out of them, the majority of that, he was able to not get into the little menial bullshit that drove kind of us some of us apart and you know i i don't talk to oz well guys i i me and oz didn't really get along long down range either so that's I, it wasn't like that's a shock you know i don't i don't talk to boone anymore um we just had differences and we went our ways i still respect him I, he's a tremendous instructor guys if you ever get a chance to train with boone go train with him he's a, a great talented instructor but you know we just had some differences and people just grow older too you know that's yeah, life, yeah, life. So yeah for sure this is how it is but jack has always been the He's the glue, dude. He is the guy that just he's always out there making sure we don't all just kind of implode and blow up. We're just kind of apart, but he's got he's like the spiderwebs just okay guys, we're still we're still in this together and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So, yeah, he's he's awesome guy. I'd love to have him on the show. He'd be a great interview. I'm trying, dude.
0: <laughs> just just from that video, you know that short video, he seems like a cool guy. Um mm-hmm. Well, with that, we'll get to some emails. We, we got a ton of them. I'm not going to get to all of them, I don't think. Oh, uh, wow. Do we really? Oh, yeah. We got a, oh, we got a whole awesome. bunch. So I assume my mic still sounds OK. No, you
1: know, no crackling. Yeah. You sound good. The connection sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> OK. Uh, so with that, yeah, we have. We have a lot. We have a lot. I'm not going to get to all of them. We have a lot of emails, which is good. I appreciate you guys sending them. Some of them are very technical. Some of them you're probably going to have to break down what they're asking for okay. the regular listener, like this one, this first one. Sure. Um. So it's uh, this is from Vincent. Uh, Hi, Chris. What's your opinion on the Ohio Ordinance HCR Modern Bar 1918? What's a Tac 2 Alpha rifle, and is Dragon Skin Armor the best or safe life defense? Uh Fraz, F R A S. I have no idea what this question Okay, is. give me Could give me the Well yeah, he's,
1: he's talking about a way we- I am not familiar with that weapon system. Give me the weapon system again. And I, oh, I know okay. Ohio Ordinance is a company that makes of course weapons I wasn't sure, sure if it was control. a law. I wasn't sure no, if it was
0: No, so Ohio ordinance H C A R Ordin- and then it says modern
1: bar nineteen eighteen. H C H C the H car review. Let me the H it's Ohio or it's not, and it's not ordinance. He may have spelled it or it's ordinance. Like he did. did Okay. Yeah. So it's just the HCAR It's just a, it's an, uh, it's an AR 15 platform got brother. I've never used it. I can't tell you if it's great or not. I, you know, it's an AR 15 platform. Ohio ordinance is a pretty respectable company. They make good stuff, but you know, like any company you're always, it's a gun is a gun has a lot of parts and sometimes those parts don't work but I haven't heard anything bad about the uh, M19 uh, the M1918 bar uh, the uh, I'm sorry the uh, yeah the M1918 bar and and the uh, the HCR as well and I'm just looking at it right now so I, I wish I could tell you hey yeah this is going to be great I think it's made and what they're trying to do the old bar the old uh, the old uh, um, automatic rifle that we had the old the old bar that you used in World War II I think they're trying to replicate that, especially even with the magazines, the big 308 that can hold a 308 round. Um, brother, I haven't shot it yet, so I don't know. And as far that as, gun. yeah, as far as the, uh, I don't want to give you information if I haven't shot a rifle, I, just by looking at it. Because re- there's haters, dude, alpha males in the gun world is such a, it's, alpha male is a contradiction in terms. And the gun world is so they're so nitpicky and they're they're like a bunch of old women complaining to each other and trying to beat each other down. And that goes on. So you're going to see bad reviews, but you're also going to see good reviews until you actually get out there and shoot it. And you put like a lot of rounds through it. And I'm talking 500, 600 rounds through it. You will never know if the gun's any good or not. Um, but, uh, I'll give it a try. And if, if it fits with that BAR, you know, that bar magazine, the, the big, the bigger magazine, um, Hey, you know, see what it is. It, it's a stable platform. I know that. Um, and having a bigger rifle, I don't know. What are you going to use it for? I wouldn't use a, a big rifle with a three hundred eight round to, for home defense. That thing will go through walls and churches and schools. I mean, that round doesn't stop. That's not a really smart round for home defense.
0: Like the uh, Corn Freak on a like the, Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I still remember Johnny Dangerously where uh, Joe Piscopo's character where, he pulls out the gun and shows uh, shows uh, Michael Keaton's character and goes, that's a big gun. Yeah, it shoots through schools, church. You know, it's just, it was a joke, obviously. It's too yeah. offensive for everybody nowadays, even though it was funny back in that movie, Johnny Dangerously. But what I is that that's just a huge round. And, you know, I, I, you know, you can check the reviews out, but haters are going to hate and supporters are going to support until you actually put it in your hand and you go shoot with it. You won't know. Um, but um, as far as the other stuff goes... I, I'm sponsored by Gladiator Solutions, and the reason I'm sponsored. The other one was Body Armor. He's talking about Body Armor. Yeah. Dragon Scale was stuff we used back in the day. Um, I had Dragon Scale when it first came out, and it was like supposed to be the the bee's knees of of of. Uh, of of body armor because it was like dragon scale it had little it was basically like little scales but it made it so you could move and bend that was that was the the notion that was the reason it was that because all body armor like ranger body armor we had rba and it was so it was just a straight plate so it kind of hindered your movement um it had its ups and downs because the little scales there were weak points that bullets could go through well i heard they fixed it but I like gladiator solutions. They're my body armor go to, and that's what I wear. And if you see any of the videos where I'm out of training they're because they stop and you watch some YouTube videos where I shot the armor with a FAL, which is a 308, which is a South African rifle. And then also it's, it shoots a 308 round, a big round. And I also did one where I was shooting Fort Scott munitions, 300 blackout, which is a, <laughs> a hard hit round and it was stood. Tons of hits. It withstood 16 hits and still didn't penetrate with the FAL. With the 3 a blackout, it withstood six hits from five meters in a half-dollar circle before it it failed, which is incredible. Uh, is incredible, especially with that tumble on impact round, um, and it's light and their their plate carrier is awesome. It fits like a workout vest, which is what you want on a body armor. You want a plate carrier that doesn't move. The more movement, the more pain you have in your shoulders, the more pain you have in your back. So I went at Ranger Battalion or SF or any place you go, we tighten everything down so it doesn't move. The less movement you have on body armor or a rucksack or a backpack, the less movement, the more you're going to be able to go because, and you're going to be able to stand the discomfort because the pains that you get in your shoulders and your lower back are gonna be there because the things aren't bouncing around. And that's what causes all those pains. Um I, I, I'm not a big fan of the safe is it I, I keep saying safe light, which isn't that the isn't that the window Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of theirs. They do tremendous marketing. I mean they're out there but they're marketing. They're they're no, nah, I, I, I'm I, I don't care for those guys. Dragon Scale actually though has improved. Um they're coming they came out, they redid their stuff. They understood their mistakes and they're redoing their armor so that may be something that you want to check out maybe get back to us if you get it tell us how it is um but i'm i'm a gladiator solutions guy and that's what i wear and that's what i love and i even work out in their vests when i go run on my treadmill yeah i can't run with it on the street anymore i'm getting too old but i'll run with it around the range and i'll work out with it in my treadmill because it fits like a like a workout vest like a weighted workout vest and that's what you want so that's my answer there sorry about the hcr brother i just don't know enough about it um you and but i will tell you this don't go by all their views don't even go by what i say go try it and you gotta you gotta hold it and it's gotta feel it's like harry i always tell people with guns it's like harry potter's wand if you're a harry potter fan the gun will find you just like the wand will find those wizard you'll hold the gun and it will feel right if you hold it and it just doesn't feel right in your hands it's not the right gun so okay
0: all right, man. Um, so next one here, uh, Chris, first, let me say I will never forget your service. Uh, second, thank you for sharing your life's journey. Incredibly uplifting and humbling. My question is, of all the parts of the globe in which you were deployed or operated, which was your favorite yeah. for downtime and why was it your favorite? Thank you in advance. And that's from Guy Austin in uh, Oklahoma City.
1: Ah, that's a great question. Um, I loved two places were my favorite. Um... um people were going to say, I was going to say, you know, Benghazi or, no, they, they weren't my favorite. They were fun. The Mediterranean right there was actually really cool. I mean, it, you could drive by the Mediterranean and it would, it just, you could smell the ocean uh, every once in a while through the <laughs> through the pollution and all the, all the anarchy that was going on there. But um, I loved Kandahar. I, I, I loved it. Not so much of the city, of course. It was extremely dangerous. Uh, but that was part of what was fun. Uh, but the base we were at, Gecko Base, it was like a, it was a special operations guys playground because we had the biggest ranges. We could do whatever we wanted. We have, we had, we had unlimited ordnance, so I could go grab an RPG and go shoot and go practice shooting RPGs. I could grab a PKM and go grab and go practice shooting a PKM. We could go out there and just, just run through. We had so many rounds to train with. And we had a local guard force that I, there's, a, I, there's pictures of me with this local guard force. I have several pictures out there. Pinterest. If you go check on Pinterest and look at Tiger Stripes. For some reason, I'm the the guy that pops up in the Pinterest with my Kandahar, some of my Kandahar security force guys were wearing tiger stripes, uh, BDUs, but, um, it was because I could run everywhere. I could run all over that place. It still had Afghanistan in it. Like as many say, there were still mountains and hills on the base. So I could go hill running and mountain running. Um, I could jump on a, a four wheeler and go drive around the base, um, and then for training, we had, we had unlimited ammo, and we had these amazing ranges that we could even bring gunships in and practice shooting combat air support on the base. And then when we were when we were working, it was always at nighttime. So it was awesome. We never went out in the daytime. We always were out.
0: I thought you were going to say somewhere in, like, South America. That sounds like more fun to me.
1: To me, those t- those were really deployments. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, after about a week, the language comes back, and it's hard when you can go off work and you can go to a Chili's in San, in Elsa in San Salvador or you can go to a go to a gym uh where everybody looks like Shakira in Lima, Peru it eh, doesn't so why, it doesn't feel Why <laughs> wouldn't this be the most fun? I guess you're that, like, you're proving you know, you're right you're right you're <laughs> I'm looking at half empty you're seeing half full. I got gotcha. you. Those were fun. Now those were fun. Pura Pura um I hope my wife doesn't listen to this but about a Pura Peru um when we were in Pura that was really cool. Um, when we went out to... T- and it was just training. We, we weren't doing any ops. It was just training local guys to go protect our bases in Iraq, local Lima, uh, local South Americans. But we we're in Piura. Um, you go out to the to the ranges and it felt like you are on a Spaghetti Western, It was like a Clint Eastwood movie. It was so cool. It was. It was like... You, you start hearing the good, the bad, and the ugly whistle as soon as you go out because it was just beautiful, just dirt. And it looked like a Spaghetti Western. But then you come back... Um, I, I, guys I've never I was always faithful on deployments I never messed around on my wife on deployment. never did I, that's why I always say I'm the ranger way I said I was my best person on deployments never did but I have to say that I did go to a strip club with the guys in Piura Piura Peru had the best <laughs> strippers I'd ever seen I mean these girls were ja- like, jacked <laughs> like in shape muscly uh, and it was like in the Piura Peru like up in the mountains it's the middle of nowhere and then after it, we'd go get scallops because because Peru is hugely known for scallops, and these scallops were like this big. So, but the, the 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 global war on terror stuff, Kandahar was my favorite, but to get out in the city itself, Sanaa, Yemen was my favorite for that. One. Okay, cool. Because uh, they had the best coffee in the world. They had tr- I knew every good coffee shop in Yemen. It was fantastic. Nice. Yep.
0: All right, uh, yeah, we have a ton of these, man. So I'm, I'm sorry. Try to roll I'm through sorry. No, know. it's I'm cool, sorry, man. Um, all right. So this is from Steve. You'll have to excuse me as I'm something of an old timer. Last served Army active duty as 19D in early 90s. Does that mean 19 Delta? What is- 19 Delta. Yeah, he was a 19 Delta.
1: Yeah. Wow. OK. I, I, I don't know. They've, they've Guys, they changed the MOSs now, so I don't even know what I, I, I think that's Cav. Cav Scout is what he Ooh. was. And in the 90s, hey, son of, hey, dude, I'm serving the 90s, so I'm kind of an <laughs> old hat
0: too. <laughs> like, he says early 90s, early 90s. Oh,
1: I joined I in 95, so yeah. You, but he what?
0: ended his service in the early oh, 90s. Oh, so
1: he's, okay, you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah, because he's a last served. So, <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, I have a hard time adjusting to single point slings and was just wondering what was the great benefit in, uh, it, what the great benefit is over two point. It seems to me they hang your weapon down around your legs and crotch area and swing around too much if you're on the move you always have to have at least one hand on the weapon to keep it steady kind of ties up your hands from other things you might need to do while moving any insight
1: well yeah yeah i and that's just preference i like the single point but i also do a lot of high carry stuff if you're doing a lot of low carry stuff you have to practice with that hand and you have to keep it on the on the on the uh, buttstock of the weapon it's just training so Yes, single points work for me low if you're at a low carry or a high carry position and it frees up my hand. And I'm also maintaining muzzle awareness. Um, You need to adjust your sling. Um, Now, if you're using a a 16-inch barrel rifle, the old longbows, the old M16A1s, yeah, it's going to jiggle around down there. That's just how it is. But it always stays straight down where when you get a two-point sling, that thing starts to move and it will move until you get the barrel pointing basically at your buddy in the fire team now when i was going through it wasn't a big deal as much at, at range of battalion yes you don't flag your buddies you get in trouble if you and flagging your weapon is when you point your muzzle at yeah. your buddy but when we we're standing in a squad or anything like that and we're letting it hang and the weapons on safe and it's still flagging your buddy that wasn't look you know it really wasn't it was accepted because we all wore two-point slings. Until you could get it straight, straight down. Well, when we went to the agency and I started doing GRS stuff and I started going through their vetting courses then teaching them and then going through the recalls, that counted as a strike against you. So if you were standing next to your buddy just getting debriefed after doing a, a, a going through a lane and that weapon was hung and it was even pointing at your buddy's foot, that's a gig. You get two of those, you're gone. You're out. They, and I, I saw the the I saw the importance of it, especially in small teams. And when I started to see guys have accidents, I never saw anybody have an AD where or negligent discharge where they shot a guy. But I saw it come close a few times, and it normally was with that two point sling, and because it was hanging out here. And you'll see a lot of people they get they get lazy when it starts to get. When I say out here, I mean the the muzzle is at an angle, so it's actually pointing at uh, flagging your buddy's legs, whether it be your feet calves or thighs so two-point slings will generally if you don't have them adjusted correctly they will hang at an angle that you're going to flag your buddies and that's unacceptable and when you come through battle line courses that's unacceptable so even if you're doing a two-point sling I'll adjust it to where it can get into a good position. Also, two-point slings, it's harder to do bilateral shooting. What is bilateral shooting? Bilateral shooting is shooting from both shoulders. So with a rifle, if you're right-handed, you're able to shoot from your right shoulder and your left shoulder. If you have a two-point sling, you have to learn how to swim out of that sling. You can't just move the rifle over to your left shoulder or you choke yourself out because that sling comes across your throat. With a single-point sling, it's easy. You just move it back and forth. So it's a benefit. So I didn't have a problem and I never it never people always think that, yeah that thing's going to castrate you it's going to swing and hit you in the balls really it never did guys and the reason being is because I'm wearing all that body armor it's sitting far enough out that it's not swinging back and forth like a pendulum hit me in my nut sack on a single point um if it is you need to adjust your sling it's hanging too low get it up higher um but again I've Two-point slings, are, I'm not going to say single point is better than two-point or two points better than single point. It's all preference. And then it's all how you get it adjusted. And the end state is that when you're standing in a standing dead dead uh, dead steadfast, you've got people around you, you can take your hands off the weapon, it's on safe. Make sure it's on safe. And that thing the muzzle and the weapons hanging straight down at a six o'clock position, whether it's two-point or single point. So um yeah, I, I get that a lot, especially the old hat guys, because that's what we were trained. We were never trained to use single points. We were always trained to use two points. So I know how to use both of them. I just prefer the single points. And I use what we call savvy sniper slings because I can adjust them while they're still on. I don't have to take it off to adjust it. I can. There's a quick release and a quick tightener that I can just pull it and adjust it while it's on me. And it's it sits perfectly with, there's a little QD. It's a quick detachment uh, mount on the weapon system. And it's on all buttstocks of, of whether it's an AR or a PDW or an SBR, uh, short barrel rifles, personal defense weapons, or your longbows, your ARs, it's clicks right in and it's 360 movement. So it can swing and be, and swing free and easy. So, uh, Hey, come to a battle line course, got brother. I'll, I'll show you. We'll, I'll, we'll get out there and we'll work with that two point sling. And then I'll work with that single point sling, but you're not wrong with the two point sling. Again, you just got to make sure that when you're able to stand fast, that muzzle is directly at the six o'clock is pointing straight down. And, um, and you're not going to cap You're I climbed, dude, I climbed walls with that gun at a single point, single point, And not once did it swing back and hit me in the nutsack when I was jumping down from a wall or running, never did. And I always was able to keep one hand on it, whether it was at a low carry or a high carry position. So I don't know. I think, I think you just need to come and get some training in. Come on, brother. Sounds like Let's go, go, Cav Scout. Get out there, man. All right. uh,
0: So this one is from Arlie. Uh, He says, Never found myself in a clusterfuck as bad as you and the rest (laughs) of the fellas had to endure in Benghazi. I still can't understand for the life of me (laughs) why they didn't send a flight of high-performance aircraft from Spain or Italy just to put Haji on his knees long enough for y'all to extract. My only question would be, How you doing, brother? It must sit (laughs) heavy on your shoulders. And then this is
1: funny. He says you're in my prayers paisano i
0: don't know if he you thinks so you're italian i'm
1: italian <laughs> you know but... <laughs> paranto, people think paranto italian it's actually basque it's spanish hey i thought yeah, it was so. italian i thought it was italian until i was 15. To- scotto is italian I, you italian. know people
0: always assume because uh you know i'm jewish but half my family's jewish there are jewish italians but half my family is jewish you know uh uh ashkenazi jews half my family are italians so anyway but not really much of a question there, but how's it going, bro? Hey,
1: everything's good, bro. I, and I don't have a problem with that. Hey, that's cool, man. You call me Paisano. That just means we're tight. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm doing great. And, you know, sure, that shit upset me. Uh, we did have fast movers, F-15s and F-16s. The movie, the movie again, it, it got it right. It didn't do movie magic when... They're sitting there going through looking for fast moving, fast movers to come to us, F-15s and F-16s to come to us. You'll see part of the movie, one of their case officers, the the guy that uh, it's a blonde haired guy that's portray portraying one of the case officers, going, What about Aviano Air Base? What about the and that was where the five fifty-fifth fighter wing was. And they were a he goes, that's a that's a quick response base. It'll take them twenty minutes to get here. Um, yeah. Uh, that was there. It actually would take them longer from, from Aviano would have took them probably about an hour to get to us, but that's what that base is there for. It's, it's a quick response. It's a QRF base for fast movers. And we actually had alerted them and they actually had pilots that got to their planes and got them prepped. And then they were told to stand down and they were told to hold. And they just sat there by their planes waiting for the call, waiting in the ready room. So, brother, it's politics, man. And yeah, it pissed me off because then they went and lied about it, said, oh, there's nobody in the area when they didn't know that we were there until we said, uh, yeah, bullshit guys, Uh, politicians, you guys are full of, full of shit, which people know now that that's probably most of the case with 99% of them. But it's when I let go of the anger and just said, you know what? I, I don't need to see heads roll. I don't need to see somebody in the, like the old times. I don't need to see somebody in the stockade. I don't need to see somebody hung. I don't need to see any of that. And my faith, which I had lost during that time. Yeah, I did. I lost a lot of it. Came back and it's like, Christian, that's ego, man. Tano, that's that's your ego. God's going to take care of what he needs to take care of. You don't need to see it. Just know that whoever committed sins, egregious, God's going to take care of it. Even you. Even like you're even going to be judged. Everybody's going to be judged. But by God, but I'm not going to judge. I don't deserve to judge. I'm not, I'm not that important to judge. And when we, when I got away from think that I had to be the judge and jury and executioner and I let my ego go, I let all that go. And here we are. Things, things, things improved. My life went from when it did to 180 and everything got better. And actually that's when we started the, I po- really around that time is when we started <laughs> to do the podcast. I mean, shit, that's when you saw me my life in, was turning around in when Atlantic you saw Phoenix. me in jury. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. when things were turning around. The speaking events were getting better. I, was, I mean, it's funny because
0: the, from my perspective, there was never ne- yeah. a time that I saw you where you weren't you. <laughs> I've never, I've I, been, that's just, you know, but I, I understand, man. Sometimes you're internally going through things yeah. and not everybody knows, Yeah. but no, you've always been same guy to me. You, you, I've never seen you change. But anyway, um, this is another, this is a pretty deep question. You can uh, probably okay. go an hour on this one. But <laughs> I, I'll, we'll I'll try, try, to, try to cut it down. To, I'll, try, I'll try, I'll try. Um, I mean, this is a deep question for anyone. But he says, what is it at your core that keeps you from giving in to doubt, fear, and defeat? What, what is it that makes your will so hard to kill? Very respectfully, Travis Rollison. Uh, civilian, he writes, Columbus, Fort Benning, Georgia.
1: Oh, he's, But he's at Fort Benning. Damn, he's a yeah. civilian basically at Fort Benning. <laughs> you're, you're, you might as well be in the Army by osmosis, man, being right there. Um, it, I grew up never giving up. I grew up, I remember seeing, uh, I actually found it. We were packing and we're moving. I was packing my stuff up and I found a little poster that my mom had in my door when I was growing up. And it said, it has a cartoon character of a guy, uh, of, of a guy with a beard. And he's got a little hat on. You know, the little hat that had the little helicopter beanies on the top. Okay. And then he had he has wings on the back, and he's about to jump off a mountain. And it goes, "You have only failed when you have failed to try." And he's sitting there ready because you know, it's, it basically, it's 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 saying, "Hey, don't ever quit." And I was grow I grew up with that from my parents. You just you know, you don't quit. You just keep trying. You keep going. Um, and then of course, faith and God came into it. And and when I, and when I started to deploy, God was huge and became more in my life. God was always in my life, but you really start to see God. When you start to see death, you start to, when you start to experience your own, what's the word I'm looking for? Your own, um, vulnerability, your own mortality. Um, you start, God becomes, you know, holy shit, you know, I it, it, it's real, and then then I, I you know I felt it that night too. I, I didn't feel it any other time, but I did. I felt it in, in Libya. I I know there's a God. Um, that's what keeps me going. God's got me, uh, and God has picked me up when when I thought I was being able to get up on my own, I wasn't. He was picking me up and carrying me, and knowing that God's got my back and has always helped me and knows that I can get through this. But it does start with my parents just always telling me, "Don't you ever quit, my dad. Don't ever quit." You fall off that horse, get back on it, keep riding. Well, that's what I grew up with. And it was ingrained in me from an early age with just the little stuff in my room that I'd see when I walked out the door. You don't even think about it when you're like six or seven, sure. but I, I, I found it. I couldn't believe I found it in my mom had packed it away with some of the stuff when I, you know, when I got married and your parents give you here, here's the crap we collected for you when you were growing up. Yeah, it's and uh, now. You find inspiration
0: in in just things sometimes that are are, are odd like that. You know what I mean? Because I think people assume that your inspiration, especially for you, is just going to be like special operations, military guys, guys in that world. You know, I I think I said in a previous podcast, but like things that I think of that are inspiring and this might like. Eddie Van Halen, who died recently, like how just the greatness of that guy. But the fact that you could look it up on YouTube and there were nights where he was going through some shit in his life. He went through alcohol issues. He went through cancer and there are videos you could watch of Eddie Van Halen and he does not sound good. But he goes out, you know, the next you, night you and he press keeps going. On. Yeah. I, everybody has that. And you could just have that, I give up, this isn't for me anymore. You know, or I always think of like the Michael Jordan flu game where, you know, he still scored, what, what was it, 73 points or something like yeah, that? Yeah, was, um, was it against it or, the- or 37, it might be. I, I think I might. By the way, he did amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, though. You find inspiration. You can, there is inspiration every day in things that you that are unlikely.
1: It is. And, and most guys within the special operations community or have gone that route, have something like that in their story. That's why they go to that route. That's why they make it. Yeah. You know, and then when I got to, to the Rangers and I got to doing the things I was doing, you didn't have a choice. You couldn't quit, but I was already ingrained that I wasn't going to, but if you quit, you know, you got booted out. So that only reinforced it even more. It's like, well, I can't quit. I'm not going to quit anyway, but I really can't quit. Cause if I do quit, I lose my job. Basically, that's what you're, you're, I lose, I don't get to be a ranger anymore and it becomes a pride thing. So it's always something that, that, something that, that you have to find within yourself or something that you have to find maybe just to, continue to live on for your kids or continue to get better to be a better husband or to be a better son that inspires you to get up and just try harder and to be a better person every day but prayer is huge in that prayer and faith are huge in that guys but to tell you that I haven't gone down those slippery slopes I'm glad you brought up the Eddie Van Halen people want to hear because they think that I don't go through they, don't, they think that people like Eddie Van Halen I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity I'm not like but that Guys that are in the public eye, men and women, don't go through hard times. We do. I've, guys, I've tried to kill myself. I, I have three times during those three years. I had three legitimate attempts. They weren't cry for help. So they were a gun in my mouth going, I don't want to do it. This was when I was estranged from my wife. I was divorced from my wife, and and I was in terrible relationships. I was I was toxic to myself. I was drinking. Of course, alcohol always is part of that. But I was also medicated. I was, you know, alcohol and then Mental and then anti-anxiety medication don't work. It doesn't work. And I was so Definitely. I was on I was on the hard meds, taking those. And um, and yeah, it was like got it. The hardest thing that I ever have had to do is look at myself in the mirror, and I did. The last time I tried to do it is after I did the crying game in the shower, literally naked in the shower with a gun. <laughs> crying game, and I make it a joke because. But it was it was tough. I remember I remember this night vividly. Um, It was, it was right. It was after I got done with the speaking event and it was in Kansas city. And I remember, remember, I was like, I I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm alone. And I just, you know, Drew, I was actually just to talk to Drew as well. Dwyer. Yeah, Drew Dwyer. We, We drove down and he was going through his stuff too. And we were trying to help each other with it. And um, and you probably
0: at the time were not the best guys to help you. No, I, we weren't because we were <laughs> both. We were both
1: just. We were both. I mean, we were both. Because
0: sometimes, just, yeah, I feel like when you're, <clears throat> you know, when you're going through something, you don't want to talk to someone else who's going through something because then it's just like a lot of that <laughs> negative. Energy, you want to talk to a guy like Carl Monger, you know, rest in peace, Drew Dwyer. But he, he, I get it, he wasn't the most positive guy at that point. No, we you know we, a guy we, like Carl Monger, we had on last show, like that's a guy who probably would have gotten you out of that, spot, maybe and, better, you
1: know, it would have be. been. And, and like Carl said, though, he's like, most guys can't get out of themselves. Well, I, I was able to because I looked in the mirror after I put the gun, the, the Glock down, I put it down, I looked in the mirror and I just said to myself, Do I want to live like this the rest of my life? And that was the hardest thing admitting to yourself that you're making mistakes
0: and so let me ask you man because um you know someone asked this before i think on like a facebook post or something and every now and again there's like someone who's a hater and they're they're just trying to be a pain in the ass i don't think this guy was i think he was asking a legitimate question sure so as someone who had alcohol issues how do you kind of keep that with that you now have, you know, Tonto Vodka, which I know you want people yeah. to experience responsibly, but some people might say, hey, is this a little bit of a conflict? Yeah, you
1: know, and and that's what me and Ben talked about that before we did it. I, I That was a legitimate question because when Ben brought it, like, Ben, you know, both of you and I, Ben, we had Ben on the show, First Ranger Bat Ben. He 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 literally was an alcoholic. He's going to say, I was an alcoholic. Dude, the dude drank a fuckload in high school. The dude was drinking all the time. We, we, we were in the same town. So now to come in and say, hey, well now we're gonna <laughs> here. Let's the something that damn near almost killed us. Let's bring this out. How hypocritical is that? Well, the reason we did is because the stories on the back. We wanted to make it where it wasn't a negative. It wasn't here. Let's pour a, a pour out our alcohol on the curb for our dead homies. It wasn't like that. It was now we drink when we want to have fun. We want to like actually sit around and. Either talk about the good times, or experience the good times, or drink with my wife. wife, Have a drink with my wife, and if you read the bottle on the back, the first story of—it's always going to have a story of a different veteran that overcame adversity. Not one that died. We're We're like we're not putting a veteran on the bottle story that passed away. This is not what this vodka is for. We're not going to remember somebody that. Let's remember somebody that overcame. Uh, an obstacle, and now is successful. So and, and is doing great things. And you know, Ben was the f- perfect guy to put on the first bottle because he suffered from alcoholism and drugs and being in a terrible place before he joined the Rangers and overcame all that. So yeah, it. it, it believe me, it wasn't something that I was like, man, this is. Am I being a hypocrite? How can we turn it around? So I'm not being a hypocrite because so both of us suffered at alcoholism and, but we both overcame it as well. I think that's what helped us as well is that we both overcame it and both of us now can enjoy a drink without overindulging and going to those dark places. And if we can do that, because I don't think there's a lot of, a lot of alcohol that does that. I mean, it's parties and such and such, but it's not, Hey, you can be a good family man and still go have a drink out there with yeah. your wife and, and, or me and you can go to, go to Atlantic City, New Jersey and have a beer and be okay, you know, and, sure. and, and remember good times and remember, so. It, but it, but it, yeah, whoever it that was. Yeah, I,
0: I what You mean, it shouldn't have to be like a self-destructive, self-destructive. thing. And and there are people, you know, and, and for those who can't enjoy it um, responsibly, you probably, probably, probably don't make it to. out of your life, you know, yeah, and yeah. I get that too. All right. So this is from uh, Robert. Hello, Chris and Ian. I'll get right to it. I've been affected by the events since the events in Benghazi were first reported on cable. And he says, quote, news outlets. I have read 13 hours and have seen the film more times than you can count. Next year will be the 10-year anniversary, and I want to know, will, the, will there be anything at all memorializing 9-11-2012 in 2022? Thank you for your service, Jumbo, and God bless the United States of America. Robert Randy McQuarrie, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh,
1: you know, I as far as the country goes, I doubt it.
0: Because, and- I mean, this coming year... This is the 20-year of the 9-11 most yeah. people know. And I think 10 years, 20 years, those are like the big
1: I, I don't – I you know, and that's it's okay. I, I don't think on a big, huge scale just because of, you know, who's in office. I, I don't want to get political, but it's just the facts. It's being real. Um, you know, Benghazi still to the left is – to them is still, a, still something that they want to forget. Um, it shouldn't be that way. It's not a left – you know, whoever – People, politicians screwed up that night, but the story is not about the politicians. It's about heroism. It's about guys that sacrifice. Uh, you know, Roan and Bub. If they were in the seals when this happened, if they were actually. They both would have received the Medal of Honor. I have no doubt they would have. there have been no question about it. Um, but uh, and, and that's what needs to be remembered: the heroism, the courage, the the overcoming adversity, the resiliency of the human body and the human spirit, and and um so. I don't think there will be, and it's okay. It, I, I don't care about mainstream TV. I give two shits. Uh, it won't be there. Um, will it be like where maybe I go do a speaking event? Or, yeah, I nine eleven is always, there's always, I always do something where, whether I want to or not. Um, and as far as, you know, social media, of course there will be. Uh, I think that's huge. This podcast, I, you know. Blessing us, so we still have this podcast <laughs> next year, and it's still going. Of course, we'll do a remembrance, and maybe that's when we'll yeah. get Cheryl on her, or, or maybe have Pat Smith back on. You know, and so it will always be remembered. Benghazi is never going to go away. As much as politicians want it to go away, it will never go away, and that is the beauty, and I think the blessing of being do. Ha, and it is a good movie. I don't give a shit what 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 uh, it's, you know. It's always it's fifty fifty down the line as far as uh, movie critics go. It's it gets a good rating when people see it. Yeah. Uh, it does. And it's always going to be there. And Michael Bay movies, if you haven't, Michael Bay movies don't go away. <laughs> they don't go away. They keep, sure. the, and, um, and the book has done extremely well. And then, you know, my other books have done well. So, and then Oz is still out there doing, I, if you ever get a chance to see Oz or Tig speak, you know, go see them speak. They they all, they do different styles of speaking, but their stories are from their points of view and you need to hear it from their points of view, not just mine, you know, and, and it will always be out there. Boone's always out there training. He's a tremendous instructor in Florida. So he's you're, he's always going to be out there and he's, it's never going to go away. But to have like a big remembrance on ABC and CBS and CNN and Fox News, no, nah, no, nah, nah, it's, it's it's But not, you know it's what though? Hurt.
0: I, I truly could tell you, I mean, those are dinosaur media at this point. Yeah, they don't yeah. have the impact that they did even 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, I They agree. just
0: don't. I, and I could factually say that. I don't want to bring up names, but, like, there are people who are interviewed on all the, quote, like, big shows on the Today Show and all. And they get no traction for their projects yeah. because the big media outlets now really the other than like Tucker Carlson is a huge media outlet he is whether you like him or not Tucker gets huge yeah, huge ratings outside of that Joe Rogan is bigger than anything on TV yeah. he just is it's it's if you go on his show you are speaking to more people than you are on CNN MSNBC or most of Fox News outside of maybe Tucker and Hannity
1: yeah yeah and that's that's just how it is and and that's okay and you know on the reason too that this story will be remembered is because of the of, of guys like you, brother, yeah, I, or you know, uh,
0: thank, thank <laughs> you, but you know, or um, I should even say, like, Dan Bongino, right? Like, Dan has a way bigger audience than yeah. these people on TV, he just does, he and, has a and, huge
1: audience. And believe me, when our video comes up, we're gonna have a huge <laughs>
0: we, get yeah. we, we I we, hope so. I know, getting we're getting there, I mean, it's growing, and, and I'm very happy with that. But, but um,
1: as long as people keep remembering like him and keep watching the movie, we'll always have that remembrance, and that's what's awesome, is that that's all just. You, the listeners out there and the what's the gentleman that wrote what's his name
0: the, oh the last i'm sorry that was randy randy
1: randy guys like yourself out there that continually watch the movie and get it out there and remember it of course there's always going to be remembrance on 9-11 why because of people like you and that's what we need that's what i care about i don't give two shits about the, the media or having it on tv this will always keep it alive. And that is so important to me. And that's what keeps it going forever and ever. And that's why Roan and Bub will never, ever die because they're never going to be forgotten. And that's, that is awesome to me.
0: I agree. I (coughs) fully agree. Um, all right. This is from Kim, and this is actually a good question. This pertains. This pertains to something I've seen you do. Uh, hello there. Was just no. This is good though. Uh, was just wondering: Is there training available um, for self defense and firearms for people with disabilities? Oh yeah. My son, who is going to be sixteen, has limitations with no use of his right arm. So I've been wondering what is How? out there in regards to this type of training, proper handling techniques of a firearm with a uh, hemi. Paralysis disability okay. uh, would be very beneficial for him to learn. What organizations do I contact that offer this type of training? The NRA? Question mark. Thanks, and that's from Kim.
1: Come to battle line course. It, you know, look at the levels, entry levels. Uh, you know, it, it. If come to an entry level rifle, an entry level pistol course. But you, know, as you
0: said there's not many this year, right? So,
1: uh, well, you know, even if he wanted to come to a course, where well, you're right, there isn't. Uh, but if we, even if there's a course nearby, if he comes to one, we'll, we we have enough instructors. I can push, put him aside, and we can get him trained up on his own. And we do that because you know there aren't. You're right. There aren't a lot of of courses that that train those with special needs, or they have. Uh, you know, and that that's just how it is. We do. Um, the last picture on Instagram, if you go look on my main page where I'm, I'm, I'm showing a stance, a fighting stance to shoot with, if you look, there's a girl that's to my left. You can only see her from the back. She's tremendous. She comes to all our courses. She's been a battle line regular since she came to our all-women's course in Florida with our guy Israel Matos, with Izzy Matos, another tre- tremendous instructor. She has no legs, guys. She has two prosthetic legs. She came to a stress fire course where we run 200-meter lanes. She, and so yes, <laughs> come, we'll get you trained up. And she is at a level from where she came to a basic pistol course to now she is running lanes and doing shooting drills on the move. She has two prosthetic legs. Um We have Chad, Chad Holton, who's in a wheelchair. We have, oh, it was awesome. We showed Rune Claire. There was a video out there where we, and, and you know, we're, we're not, I'm not out there. Hey, look what we're doing. Prop is using him as propaganda. I thought it was awesome. Watching him and it helped me learn how to teach somebody in a wheelchair how to clear a room. Yeah,
0: no, I've seen that. i yeah. And it's awesome.
1: And so, yeah, that, come to, yeah, come, get you any course you want to come to, you're welcome. If it's a stress fire course, fine, come, you know, do what you need to do, but come to the course. I'll break you off and we'll not break you off literally, not until you get, and then I'll start breaking you off, making you do rundowns and sweating your balls off. But I'll put you initially and we'll get you with an instructor. We just do the basics. And, you know, we do it. All we're doing really is we're teaching you one-handed shooting, which as any shooter, you need to be good with both hands because you never know when you're going to lose one of those hands in a gunfight, whether it gets shot, whether it gets broken. How many times – you should see my knuckles – They've been broken so many times, it looks like i got little aliens growing under them. And it's not from anything other than just smacking them on stuff. Not not punching or anything. I mean, one has been a punch. But a lot of it's just smacking them on a door of a Suburban, just being in a hurry and not being able to see or, or hitting uh, hitting somebody's rifle or or just something that it just gets yeah. hit. So, yeah, I mean, I... I'm,
0: I'm going to let Kim know that we answered the question on the show, but I just, for her sake, I'm just wondering if she goes... To Tanto'sGearLocker.com, and it says, you know, this is an advanced course.
1: Shoot an email. Shoot, there's, there's a website. It goes to Jeremy Mitchell, who who regulates all our battle line stuff. He's one of our battle line instructors. He's a uh, Iraqi a war veteran, Global War on Terror, and he's an army. He was an army MP. All you got to do. He's awesome at it, and he's the one that got Chad Holton into our course originally. The gentleman in the wheelchair. Shoot him an email. Say, hey, this is what we got. This is, this is. Can I still come to the course? He will get it to me. And I will answer it directly and say, hell yes. Or I'll just, Jeremy, Jeremy usually will just say, yeah, heck yeah, can you move? Yeah, all right, get it, get your ass here, we'll figure it out. And then when you get there, we've already done it so many times, there is a, you know, there's a procedure in place that it's, all right. You're not at the level these guys are, but you're here. Let's put you over here. Let's get you on a range. Let's, to, let's just start getting you shooting, getting you doing the draw stroke, getting you doing the movements, getting you get safe with the weapon. So all it takes, brother, Jim, if you're listening out there, I know you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll
0: email her back. Yeah, I'll Jeremy's email.
1: Yeah, just shoot it. Or the tonos.swag at gmail.com, or there's also the battle line, official battle line. It's battleline tactical at gmail.com. They both go to Jeremy, and he'll see it and. Yeah. No, no. I, I want them to come. We got courses coming up. Show up, brother. We'll we'll get you taken care of. Uh, we'll put you and you'll do your own thing. And, you know, a lot of these guys, Ian, they get spun up so quickly that if we have a two-day course, I usually start to put them in on day two on right. some of the stuff they can do. And, man, their confidence and their smiles – uh, it's amazing and jennifer you should see I, I i am so proud of her and it pushes me it's like holy shit i'm feeling like a big puss today my foot's hurting <laughs> she's, she's gotten no la and she's still crushing it on running on these courses getting up and getting down and moving and it, it motivates me it's 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 amazing amazing
0: that's excellent all right we'll get to a couple more um you know we have a bunch of others that that were said to me but I'll, I'll get to these two more um and this is a friend of the show. Uh, this is Goliath, John Albin, John, Goliath yeah. Tactical good, Holsters. D-
1: we use his holsters. Those are the, all the holsters I use. A tremendous yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. Um, so he says, what are the different ways for people with PTSD yeah. or anxiety that they can deal with um, besides drugs, alcohol, or medication? Any suggestions? I'll, I'm going to go more in depth on this one, but I will start with, and I'm not just saying it as a shameless plug, just as their sponsor of the show. Yeah. Ned <clears> is great. Check them out. Uh, CBD is, is awesome. Um, but beyond that, and, I, and I'll let you give your answer. I'll throw in my answer in this one too, since so I can answer a little. No, no. I, I think I when, it too. yeah, I, I post traumatic stress is is more your field, but I'm saying in terms of anxiety, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes I can tell you with my anxiety, there are times that maybe you do need to isolate a little bit more, where you don't want to be in a group of, yeah. of of different people. Different things trigger different people. Um, and then when that leads to some type of stress or depression, you just have to know that at some point you're going to get through it. That you're that yeah. you're going to feel better because when you're in that place, the feeling is always I'm going to feel like this forever. There's never going to be way and that's out. That's not of it. the case. It's um, never it's never the case, but but sometimes it affects every, it, you know, and people don't talk about this because it might be uncomfortable, but it affects everything from your sex drive to your, yeah, to, to, you know, you don't want to work out, you don't want to do anything. You just want to sit in bed all day sometimes when you feel like that, and I, I have been there, so
1: you know john I, I know john personally john's a great guy he makes tremendous holsters guys he makes our and he actually makes our uh, our our range trays which are awesome too we have them we have them on the, on the gear locker john i'm plugging your plugging your products brother, because they're outstanding <laughs> um yeah you know, john is also i know well he's on so i'm telling you, he's also a marine he also worked in the oga community as well the this agency community as well um so John's been through a lot of shit, you know, he's combat veteran. He's, he's a contractor for many years. Um, um, and um, yeah, you know, I, I, for those that do get on CBD, I, I do want you to let you, you've got to give it time to work. I think some people get on CBD and they give it a shot for about a month and then it's like, oh, this shit's not working for me.
0: It and, got- and I would say you, it also has to be in conjunction with. Diet, yeah. exercise—it's not a magic pill. There's, no. there's nothing like that, you know. Um, and and sometimes I I do get it because when you're in that mind state, it it might you might not want to exercise at all. It's very hard to find the drive when you feel like that. But do what you can. Um, get outside with nature. It's less time on social media, honestly, and I, and eating better, man. I mean, a lot of people say they're depressed, and it's like they're eating a lot of honestly fake food when you go to mcdonald's and stuff it's not real food it's not the nutrition your body needs i'm not saying you can't do that once in a while but if that's what you're living off of yeah th- there's there's it's a reason go- you feel it's, that way it's
1: going to and with john john I'd like i said with john is is uh with him you know if if you know and, and don't let the drugs whether they be uh, th- therapy whether they be um natural remedies or or synthetic you know, and, and Ian and I both preach, try to stay away from the synthetic stuff. I've been down that road. I know it just made me worse. Um, but, you know, it does take a little bit of time to, especially the the natural remedies to get into your system and start to work a little bit. But why that's happening, what I did is that I did, I would force myself to, I would, I'd say, okay, I got to go for a run today. It didn't have to be a long run, but it would be outside in the fresh air. When I got done, those endorphins, if somebody could 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 encapsulate an endorphin a runner's high and put it in a pill that would be the best (laughs) freaking anti-anxiety best feel-good pill in the world because those natural endorphins of when you go for the runner's high is what i always felt good when i got from a run and my head was actually i could think and it wasn't going in crazy places it was it was focused um that helped me a ton um there are times when you need your buddies But there are times as well where you've got to step away from them because sometimes your buddies, and I have this where I'll get texts from guys I used to work with, and sometimes they bring back bad memories because they just do. And it's like, okay, I got to put my phone down for a while. I got to walk away from this. I can't respond to them. If they don't, if they get mad at me because I'm not responding to them, well, then they aren't really my friends anyway. But the, my true friends will understand. And and John's, John knows this. He's text me and it's taken me sometimes three days to respond to him. And it's not because I don't want to talk to him. It's just like, okay... This time needs to be with my family and yeah. doing things that make me I, not just responding to my old veteran buddies because sometimes that that doesn't help. Uh, sure. was, and,
0: I, and also when I say isolate <laughs> too, I, I I don't mean I obviously because that's that's the worst if you're just you know in your uh, as sure. uh, yeah. Jim West always says like he lived in, like in his man cave for years and you know I I, I get it that's going to make things worse uh, at least for me I don't even mean not talking to your good friends because that's great. I mean like big social interaction, like like events where you're around hundreds of people can sometimes trigger that anxiety. It can for it, me, it, it I'm does. not into that always.
1: And, and uh, I don't know if John is able does, but I, I, I stay away from that. I don't enjoy big events. I do speaking events, you know, but I'm up on a stage and I'm actually venting. Really what I'm doing, venting, I'm up there talking, it's therapeutic. But as far as just going out to a bar or going out to a club or going to a sporting event, it's, it's, I don't enjoy that. And if it's something that you feel gets you more anxiety, then maybe you need to stay away from that. John, I don't know if that does or not. I don't know if you go to those sort of things, brother. But the biggest thing is just you have to sit down. And what I did, this is what I, when I was having my biggest issues and what helped me a bit is I got a journal and I wrote down what I expected in, out of me in life what I expected, I, John. I, I I think John. I don't want to spread your dirty laundry. I think John actually is divorced. Um, so you know, hey, that's great. It's, you got a chance. You got a fresh start, brother. I wrote. You know, I wrote down when I was divorced from Tanya what I was looking for in a partner. You know, I, I wrote wrote things down. It was it was like having a journal. But what do I want to do to improve myself? What do I look for in a perfect mate? What do I look for? And when I did that. Actually, I read the perfect mate part and I was like, holy shit, that's my ex-wife. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, I, when I did that, I got things on paper and it gave me some direction. Okay, this is what I need to work on. And it helped me. It really did. And it, it made me feel real. It made me feel like, all right, I, I, I'm not perfect. I have things to work on. I know what I need to work on. I wrote it down and I can sit here and always remind myself to it. It helped getting it on paper. Um, and just know that it's not going to happen. Like I grew with you. It's not going to happen overnight. All right, guys, it's going to, sometimes it's going to take a year or two. It took me three years to get my shit together. That's how long it took me when I first started to actually get it finally where I felt good again. And the thing is with Marines and Rangers and so forth, we don't quit on anything guys. So don't, hell no, don't you dare quit on yourselves and start going, okay, well, it's taking too long. Bullshit. How much did we time did we put in to get where we wanted to within our units? Years. Well, we can put that time in to get ourselves back right again and get our relationships back right and get our our, our families back right and be better fathers and better husbands. And I always say it: pick up a prayer book and read a prayer. It doesn't even have to be the Bible, it can be a prayer book, something that you has prayers in it. Every day, open that page and read it. I guarantee you, that's what you need to hear that day. That's all I do. When you see me post stuff on Instagram about prayers, and I do that because God needs to be said more and more on social media because it's less and less out there. It's not something I, I just open the book up and I read the prayer and I go, oh, you know what, that's a good one. And sometimes I'll post it, but do that. Uh, introduce God back in your life and just take your time to get better. And while you're doing that, like Ian e and I both preach physical activity, man, physical fitness. This is the time that you can actually get stronger and get yourself back in shape. And you do feel better when you look in the mirror and you're in shape and you feel like you're getting your, especially us old hats that, you know, had 0% body fat back in the day. When you're able to get up there and you're able to get yourself back into those shapes, the fighting shape that you were in, you do feel better about yourself and the positivity comes back in your life. So yeah. You know, Journaling
0: is huge. I, I agree. Yeah. And I'll sometimes journal while I get coffee or something because, you know, caffeine is that nat- natural yeah. Yeah. upper. And, yeah, and sometimes is. you do need that. Um, I'll, I'll get to one last thing, but I think all that advice is superb. I can't really say John, it. John, you're
1: going to do it, brother. You're going to do it. Just keep trucking along, keep doing it. I know life keeps giving you lemons. You feel like it, it will get better. And you just Marine fucking a Marine. You, you don't quit. Any of you guys out there? You guys never quit anything. Why would you quit on yourself? Don't fucking do it. Don't you push through. You guys fucking embrace the suck. Push through and get get to where you need to be. You're gonna overcome it. Just keep going forward, guys. Sorry, oh, sorry. Okay. And I just had to say. No, I
0: I agree, man. I'm I'm with you. Um. All right. So we'll get to one last one. If we didn't get to you this time, we'll do another one of these soon. Yeah. Um. This is from <laughs> Sherry uh morning Chris thank you for answering questions I have a couple of them uh one I just purchased a compact handgun I can't pull the slide back very easily could it just be new does it need to go to a gunsmith to be loosened, if there is such a thing this could be a difficult this could be difficult to answer without seeing it perhaps but perhaps an idea two how do you keep your faith during the Benghazi, How did you keep your faith during the Benghazi attack? I've yeah. watched the film several times, cried several times. All the odds were literally stacked against you. Did it change your opinion of government officials? I know that. <laughs> uh, and that's. It.
1: Thank you yeah. again
0: for taking your time. Have a blessed day, Sherry.
1: All right, on the compact gun. First of all, compact guns are going to be the slide is always going to be harder to pull back, and uh, basically the slide is the top part of the gun that. That uh, it's it's, for lack of a, for layman terms, it cocks the gun (laughs) more or less. It puts the round in the chamber. It gets the hammer set. So when you pull the trigger, the gun goes bang. Compact guns have smaller springs. They're shorter. So those springs have to be wound tighter. So that's why you're having that difficulty pulling the slide back or locking it to the rear, whatever you're doing is because that spring is tighter and it's going to loosen up a little bit, but it's not going to loosen up a ton. And that's what you get with compact guns. And that's why whoever you bought that from should have had you test that thing there, seeing yeah. if you could do that. So, if you still have the receipt, go back to the gun store and tell them that, and, and or and and then go to another gun store where they'll actually take the time. It's just like putting on a new shoe. You got to get fitted to the gun. The gun's got to work for you. Um, it's it, It's going to loosen up a little bit. It will over time, like anything else, The spring will start to wear, but it's not going to get to the point that it's going to be extremely, extremely easy. No, a gunsmith, no, it, 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 a, a compact gun has to have a tight spring or it's not going to work. Because so it sounds it like
0: she, it, what she bought really was not the right.
1: Not the right gun for her, and, and it's okay. everybody. It happens. It happens to everybody. We find that at battle line courses. When you come to courses, we find people that their gear is not set up or the gun doesn't really fit their fit their physical physical physicality. Does not fit their hands? Doesn't fit their ergonomics. Doesn't it's not ergonomically correct for whatever size they are, or however their hands are shaped or think how long their fingers are. So um but if you're stuck with it, then you just gotta <laughs> I tell people in the range, you just gotta get stronger. <laughs>
0: it's yeah. thing. I mean or <laughs> you can always sell it. I mean if if she barely used it.
1: And yeah and and right now those things will go crazy. But if you have the opportunity to take it back and Take it back and go to that same store and just gr- look at different guns and see which ones feel. And then you can rack that slide to the rear. Um, you know, uh, the little Sig P3- P365s, they're pretty tough, you know, but I always tell if you, are especially if you're a new shooter and, and you can conceal it, a Glock 19 is a great intro gun to go with. It is. It's And and, the, and it's very easy to to lock that slide to the rear, to, to rack the slide, Um but the more she uses it and the more she shoots it, yes, it will loosen up a little bit, but, um, it's not going to loosen up to the point that it's going to be extremely easy. Cause if it does that, then it's not going to work. It won't cycle. It won't strike. It won't extract your round because it doesn't have enough inertia to grab that round and the extractor won't be able to pull the casing out. So, uh, and then put a new round in the chamber. So I wish I had a better answer for you, but that's, that's kind of how it is, um, uh, you're going to gonna have to either work with it get stronger and just get used to the gun or take it back and turn, return it and then go down start with a Glock 19 rack that slide see so how it feels in your hand and then go to different guns that are there and see if you can rack that slide and you sh- you, every good gun store should be able to clear it for you know it's clear and they should allow you to be able to do that within the store If they're not, if they don't get out of there go to another store you don't need awesome. to be on the other side faith dad faith is what got me through faith but I already had a lot of faith you know I I, I accepted and I always say, I used to say this during my speaking events I had a prayer that I used to say before every time I went out on an op or every morning that I got up and I knew I was going to go out on an op. And at the end of this prayer, it's called A Prayer Before Battle. It's in a Catholic prayer book. uh, One of my ranger buddy gives. I'm not Catholic. I'm I'm Anglican. Anglican Catholic. Or Anglican Christian. I'm Episcopalian. I'm Catholic light is basically what I am. But, um... Uh, but I, I don't really get into denominations or anything like that. God's God. I, I really, yeah, I agree. But, I, I got a, but it was a Catholic prayer book, an old, a late ranger buddy. He passed away uh, about 10 years ago. But he gave to me before I went to Iraq. And there was a prayer, and it was an awesome prayer. Prayer before battle. And it said, at the end of the prayer, it says, and I still remember it. It says, if I die on this battlefield today, may I die at peace with you. Now, it bothered me when I first read that prayer. And when I went to my pastor, when I came home after deployment, I said, hey, this bothers me. I'm reading it, but I was like, I don't want to die. And, And my pastor said to me, he goes, Chris, he goes, that's not what the prayer is saying. This prayer is saying that you just need to have acceptance that you're in that situation, whatever it is, and you're there because God wants you there. And when I was able to think of it that way, like, okay, no matter how bad or good it is, whether I'm home or overseas, I'm supposed to be in that situation. So for 10 years, I was always that way and I was able to accept whether it was a good situation or a bad situation or you know, bodies are dying or people are living or we're just driving down the road and having a cup of coffee and everything's great. Um, that's where I was supposed to be. So when Benghazi happened, I was like, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. All right, God has me here. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to get upset about it. My faith is with God. He wants me here now and when I was able to do that, then it didn't bother me. And honestly, I I could enjoy the moment. I can enjoy the bullets. I could actually see everything. My adrenaline wasn't, you know, you hear where people get that adrenaline dump and their world kind of collapses in, you know, you get that little focus. When you're able to accept the fact that you're in a situation, no matter how bad or good it is, that adrenaline doesn't focus you and make you get tunnel vision. It actually expands your worldview because you're not worried about anything. You're just doing your job. And I, would, I could enjoy the entire night. I was able to see everything in 4D colors. And it's it's how awesome it is combat can be. Um, but I only was able to do that because I had trained myself over 10 years of deploying. And with that prayer and then talking to my pastor and understanding what the prayer really meant. That I was able to say, you know what? All right, God, you got me here. Thank you for putting me here. Thank you for letting me be in this situation. And I could enjoy everything so yeah i was thankful i was thanking him all night for letting me be there because really that one night in Benghazi, we did damn near everything that you do on one op whether it be going and rescuing cast where you're doing a combat search and rescue assaulting buildings clearing open danger areas Putting up, getting into a getting into uh, battle positions and having uh, your combat positions and fighting off people from overrunning your objective, running into burning buildings and fighting fires. I mean, I got to do everything (laughs) in one night that you know I used to do at one point in a mission. One mission here, we did this. It was like holy shit, and we were completely overmatched. We were six guys. I mean, it really was. It really was something that they, they, I'm glad they made a movie out of it, but it really was something that a movie would be made out of, that you would look at it in a movie and go, holy shit, that can't be real. And I'm sitting there on a rooftop enjoying it going, I can't believe this is all happening to us right now in this one night. And we still got six more hours left till daylight. What can happen next? And it's like, man, I can't wait to figure that out and, and, uh, and see
0: uh I, I think for the average person, though, your attitude toward this is – <laughs> it's it's strange because you're using the term enjoyable. I'm sure for the average person, they're like, what is enjoyable about this? Well,
1: I, I want to I say that whatever happens during your day, accept the fact, have faith, but accept that God has you there. Whether you're standing in the back of the line at a supermarket and you're like the 80th person in line – you're supposed to be there yes it's frustrating but I'm supposed to be there whether you're caught in a rush hour traffic well this is where God has you enjoy it look around watch I, you know I want I keep wanting to see Terry Crews in a car next to me singing one of the Loverboy songs she was in a movie doing that um everyone's
2: watching.
1: It was uh was it white chicks or something or it wasn't white chicks, it was the Adam Sandler movie Click. Okay. Where you, where you had, but it was funny as hell. But you're seeing that somebody that's singing their song in the car going you know, enjoy that day. Or you know, it's just just say, you know what, God, I got you. I'm supposed to be here, I understand it. Let's make the best of it. And then you're able to enjoy even the sucky stuff. That's part of what we call embracing the suck. When you embrace it here, that in the military terms, that's what it is. You're embracing the suck. You're saying god this sucks but okay let's fucking enjoy it fuck this suck let's just enjoy the shit out of it it comes from faith first really that's what it is but yeah yeah i guess it's a little demented but if you have faith to me it's not it's just how you should be every day and but don't think i don't have my bad days where it's like god really really i did did i really need to spill my coffee over the floor right now really that but it but it's just so i don't get me wrong guys i still have my days where it's fuck man
0: this really sucks no, I, you know what it is too it's like you can't control yeah. any and, and look i can't compare anything i've been to from what you're talking about but i know that you're talking about just in terms of everyday stuff um you can't control what's done to you but you can control your attitude yeah. towards the situation always control your attitude yep yeah you know yep. no matter how bad it is well that said. You that's well said over. yep but uh Thank you, man, and that, and thank you all for the emails sent to battlelinepodcast at gmail dot com. We'll do this type of thing again, but I, you know, I've been thinking about this past week. I, I just really, I genuinely appreciate you guys who check us out every week. I mean, I do look at the numbers and like. We're doing really great on, on all the different platforms, you know, not as much YouTube because we don't have video or whatever, but, you know, most of you guys listen on Apple Podcasts and then I would say next is yeah. like Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio. We're, we're doing really good numbers on, on a lot of different episodes. And uh, I just see, you know, the, the whole joke is now that it, like everybody has a podcast and it, it is true. Everybody has a podcast, but there's very few in the grand scheme of things that really gain traction. And some of the people are very talented. I mean, there's people that I worked with at SiriusXM who are tremendously talented doing podcasts now. And honestly, not many people are listening. You know, you look at the reviews and there aren't many. There's not much of a following on social media. So I genuinely feel blessed and also just appreciative that we have a show that like thousands of people every week check out and love and and that we get great feedback and emails like this. It, mean, it means the world to me, certainly.
1: Uh, and guys, I, I love these I, honestly, I do love these guest free shows because um, these questions are amazing and, and it's stuff that it, it does it's therapeutic for me too it's very cathartic answering a lot of these questions because it helps me remind myself that you know there's a lot of support out there that this country is I, I hate seeing all that man this country is terrible it's awful it's, this country is still the greatest country in the world and it's a wonderful place and there's still tremendous people out there that care about not just us but just care they just care about just being good people and that's essentially what it is and that's what the podcast here is about that's why we don't get into a ton of politics oh and they i didn't answer that last question though yeah politics i could care less about politics
0: i, I saw I think behind it's, yeah, the the, the, uh, the losing faith in politicians yeah
1: yeah once you see behind the curtain and i did uh after i got back from benghazi like the Wizard of Oz, I'm using that as an example. Once you look behind the curtain and see that the great and powerful Oz is just this man running a bunch of machines, that's essentially what DC is. You yeah. get there and you actually see behind the curtain and see that, oh my gosh, I can't believe these kind of people are running the country. It's hard to put that curtain back. Um, and no, I, that's why it's just... Don't care about politicians. The best way to be better and to get this country and to continue to make this a great country is just individually, just become better, just be better every day. Everybody For be sure. the best person they can be. And, and by the and way, when it. we say
0: that, I don't, I don't think people, I don't want people to ever think it means. Um, you know, throw care to the wind, don't even follow what's yeah. going on, don't vote. Like, well, we're not saying that at all. I think it's just don't let negativity consume you. And and there are great people who run for, for different things. A lot of them only, you've said it before, only last one term. You know, I thought I like Tulsi Gabbard was great and, and actually I mean, people might disagree with me on this, but like Kirsten Cinema, the senator in Arizona is someone who too genuinely seems to want to work with both parties and she gets demonized for that, you know? And the people who genuinely want to work with both yeah. parties get yeah. very demonized. I, I see it now and again because everything is so insanely polarized. Um You know, so I'm aware of what's going on. I read what I can. I don't watch the news, but I do read stuff on AP or, you know, I'm on Twitter and I keep up with things. But the people who let it consume every second of their lives. And I do get it. There's a lot to be pissed off about. I mean, the, the big news this week has been Israel and Palestine. And no matter where you stand on that issue, yeah, there's innocent civilians dying. There's a lot to be angry about. But there's always going to be something to be angry about you know and there's you always can't g- let that consume your day
1: yeah and there's always going to be something to be be happy about and be good yeah. about and just be enjoy enjoy your life uh, we let and, the- and like i said you should and keep up with these things but
0: yeah because they're important they they are important you know like what's going on worldwide and what's going on in the country you know here what's going on with gas prices why that's happening these are all important issues but I think it basically channeling that energy into yeah. something positive and if, that if you can make some sort of a change, then go for it. But yeah, when, when I mean, you see it like the people, as they say, like shit posting all day on social media. <laughs> just this, you could tell the anger. And then, you know, it's uh, unless it's something you could really change, then what is there worth getting this pissed off about, you know?
1: Just get out there and work a little bit harder and get out there smile. You know, the old days, just smile at somebody or I, you have no idea how it's—it's it's actually almost comical because I smile. I do. I smile at everybody. I do. I'll get out there and smile. Say, that people now think it's just—it's—it it, shocks them when you smile <laughs> at them, like what and they, they get well, caught also off the guard. past
0: the past year and a half yeah. we haven't been able to <laughs> well, the, until guess, now really, see, for most but, places but
1: let's that, see just get out there and sm- give somebody a smile uh and you know even with your mask, if you're still supposed to wear your mask in the state <laughs> are
0: you i mean i don't know it's weird it's like even in this I, I i yesterday did go for the first time like got a salad without a mask on <laughs> i was the only person there without a mask but it's like Dude, if they're mis- if they're lifting the mask mandate, I yeah, there's been people saying, "When are we gonna get rid of this?" And yet they still. Yet they still. I don't know. I I don't know, man. I'm very over it. I'm you're doing very you're doing
1: much good. Over no, can I it. it just depends. Kansas, there's no mask mandate. Nebraska, there isn't, except in Omaha. But what even, percentage
0: of people, like, wear, because I'm wondering just for where you are, are masked and unmasked, would you say? Honestly, for, regular
1: all my, all my, uh, for, for regular things. For regular things? like, like being,
0: For like going for, I want, I want to say the grocery store, because I feel like a lot of people everywhere are doing it at the grocery store. But if yeah. you're walking into, like, a sandwich shop or something.
1: Actually, you, it just depends if there's if some of the some of the restaurants have started to take the signs off the doors.
0: Yeah. So I if just they have,
1: yeah. So if the signs aren't on the doors, then normally it's probably uh, it's honestly it's fifty fifty still. Yeah, um, yeah. If there's still a sign on the door, you usually will see uh, most people have them on, but the ones that really hate it they 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 were i call it they're they're patronized wearers like me i'm a patronized wearer yeah i have yeah, it like down to it's like yeah i got it here it's on my chin you want to come tell me to put it up but but the the mandate actually has been lifted except in the city of california and the city like some of the cities oh, really like our omaha still has in omaha everywhere out but the bars and stuff um I, Zachary Stern, who does a lot of the, we, we probably should get him, we should get him on the show. He does a lot of the photos for me. He does a lot of my computers, IT related stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him and a guy named Alpha Landingham who runs Mantis training systems, tremendous training system out there. If you guys don't have enough ammo, use that to train with, but they came in to do a photo shoot two, three months ago here in Omaha. And this is when we still had the mandate on and they went out to the bars and they're like, dude, this is cause they're both from Chicago they're like this is awesome nobody's wearing a... so the it really comes down to what the well, like what the Florida, yeah you know, what so. what the bar what the what the establishment is going to enforce itself but uh um i would say it's still 50-50 but like we went out to Dave and Buster's i took my kids out to Dave and Buster's a couple days ago it was 50-50 and you know that being said too, Nebraska never really had high numbers in <laughs> anyway yeah um,
0: yeah that's the thing i i actually understand it here on long island because long island at one point was like the epicenter yeah people are still worried about that but yeah at, at a certain point man when i yeah. i mean my feeling has always been my feeling really on this has never changed i know yours we've we've gone well, back and forth on this yeah, but my but, opinion has always been Once you have a vaccine that's effective and that's readily available for everybody, you have to lift it. And I'm not saying you have to make everybody get it because you can't do that. But if everybody can get it, then you have to lift this. And that's just
1: reasonable. Well, that's common. Honestly, that's common sense. That's medical. That's how it works. And if you really believe the vaccine works, and I, I don't get into that anymore. If you want, it's fine. My mom's taking it. My dads have taken it. You know, relatives. I'm like, oh, what are you taking the vaccine for? No, if you want to take it, take it. Just like taking a flu vaccine. But if you if you if you really think it works, then it shouldn't damn n'am matter if somebody's wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask. If it's if it works and you've got the vaccine, then why are you worried about the guy that's not wearing a mask? And how do you know if he's gotten the vaccine or not? But that's yeah, you're you're not
0: going to be able and and that's why. And I I actually do like Governor Ron DeSantis on a lot of things. I like a lot about Florida and the fact that DeSantis has been the. I think he's like the first governor to say, we're not going to have vaccine passports. We're banning this. Yeah. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to make it so you have to show that you've had proof of vaccine to like enter into society. I, I do think DeSantis, I, and I actually do think DeSantis may be the next president and I, and I like DeSantis on a lot. Uh,
1: Well, he's, you know, it's always goes back in how I think politicians should be looked at. It's, it's their record, um, you know, antics and, and politicians, their antics should not, they shouldn't have their antics part of any other, which I'm, I'm talking about our, you know, President Trump. I think he did, a, I think some of the stuff he did was tremendous, but his antics were, you can't, you can't have that, man. So you need a politician and DeSantis doesn't have antics. He's just, yeah, this I, is what happens. I've happened. heard this other people
0: say that he's kind of very... Trump-like in his policies, but without the like, without the, without the ridiculousness,
1: and and then you look at his track record. You see how Florida's doing. You see how their their economy's doing, and and you see from the very beginning
0: he said, and he never, Desantis, unlike other people, never got into some wild conspiracy theories. From the very beginning, he said we're gonna do our best to keep the vulnerable and elderly safe. For the rest of the population, we're not going to have these strict enforcements. That's what he said pretty much from the very beginning. It turned out he he did the right thing from what yeah. you're looking at right now. Um, I think the problem was people getting into like wild conspiracy theories, you know, about, uh, you know, if you watch like Pandemic and stuff like that. I, I think that was, and I'm glad DeSantis didn't get into that
1: personally. But, and that's where, again, we just get back to get out of the politics and just live your life and get out there and. And just go do your thing. And you know, if, if you want to wear a mask, and you feel if it makes you feel better and lessens your anxiety. By all means, wear the mask. I told my mom. My mom and my mom said, "Oh, you, my, you know, my mom still knows everything." She, I don't know shit. My, and I love my mom. She's wonderful. She's the toughest nails. She's, the, you know, that's why that's why I respect Mexican women because you don't mess around with Mexican women. It will <laughs> kick your ass. But she was always, "Are you wearing your mask?" Or, and you know me, how I always was like. Yeah, you know, you wear the anti. What, come on, are you kidding me? Um, But. I, you know, that's one thing that her and I agreed on I, and I, and she understood. she goes, mom, I go, mom, you know, I pretty much have had every shot imaginable. I think I've probably had every virus <laughs> imaginable. you know, I knew we're, we're being fun because of all the time shots in the army stuff, but I also, sure. I've, I've been, mom, you know, I go everywhere. I've been healthy as an ox. I, and I go, but you know what, mom, I'm not going to give you shit because if this lessens your anxiety, then wear your mask and she's like and you know that was like actually that was a that was a good moment mother and son moment it was like oh it's, it's something that we agreed on and and I get that if it makes you feel better and it lessens your anxiety which again makes your immune system stronger anxiety reduces compromises your immune system if you have too much of it um and if you want to wear, but don't look I, at I Ian because I mean, he doesn't need to work because he's. Yeah, cause- no,
0: I I still go into, you know, what I've said from the very beginning, though, Then the reason I do look at this different and, you know, I don't care who at the CDC wants to contradict it. I mean, do your research on it. I yeah. still do think this is a bioweapon from China and we still don't know the long term effects of everything. Um with the, you know what this is this is the most political. I know out we here, never, just I mentioned it out. I'm, know I'm just wondering your opinion now because you're <laughs> you're possibly looking at Florida. I'm moving to Florida. I genuinely look, do like the way Florida is being run. Do you see Desantis being like the next president? I um, I honestly do.
1: Yeah, actually, I, think I don't. Biden's, and you and, and we're going to see I,
0: gas prices continue to go up. We're going to see stock and people are going to be like, all right, we want to... You know go to the right and and I, I think DeSantis just has more of an appeal to everybody
1: if I get you know into politics uh, yeah if we're getting a little dab into politics yeah I, I do and and also what I love uh, DeSantis because Florida has a huge Latino community it really does and he is I, I pay attention to that because of my background I, I do I watch that. And right now, guys, I love, I love seeing Latinos out there because as everybody's bitching about minimum wage and people aren't working because they want to get their, their checks and stuff, man, Latinos are out there kicking ass and working. And I see him just taking over jobs and I love it. And that's how my grandpa was because he would worked his ass off fingers to the bone. But I think that is going to help DeSantis a lot too, because he has a healthy respect for the Latino community. He does. And you see that in Florida. Florida and that's gonna to me you know all this other stuff is fantastic I think he's doing a great job I've been to Florida what how many times in the last three years 10 times you know and it's always awesome going there and just feeling and seeing and being it's alive it's it's America it is it's America be Florida you know make make America Florida again I've seen a couple of those shirts yeah sorry guys I I I just thought I I just thought it was funny I saw the shirt but no it is but um (laughs) but uh other but that's going to help but to me and especially that voting sector the latino community his knowledge of how to treat the latino community and his and he's done it i think he's done a great job for latino community in florida i think will push him over the edge because and and i i love that i i I, because the latino community to me i wouldn't be in this country if my grandpa hasn't hadn't immigrated over and, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get in the wall and all that legal. illegal is illegal no matter how you look at it. I'm not going to get into that. All I'm going to say is that I always do think that should be something that we should look at. And, and a president should always look at the Latino community because the Latino community is the ones that are out there busting their ass doing the menial jobs that nobody else wants to do. They're still in the fields picking guys. They're still out there. They're still out there when you call and you need a job done. They're there, and they got it done, and they do and they do it well, and, and I love it. and it, it just reminds me of my grandpa growing up, because that's what I saw growing up, how hard he worked and how he took pride in his work, and I still think that's there. And getting into DeSantis because of Florida, being a huge, having a huge Latino latino uh, community he knows he knows how to yeah he knows the, what to do to help the latino community
0: yeah i was just curious what you thought because like i said i know we don't get political and, and honestly it's not an endorsement like no, a lot are, of things can change team it's, team just, team. it's just yeah okay. it's just the fact that I, i'm just looking at how things are and being that i've been to florida like i think he's very loved there i've just seen it so I'm just, you know, I'm just curious, like everybody else is, of where yeah. the trajectory, of tra- trajectory of where the country is going. Um you
1: know, sh- you know, I won't vote again. Though. You know, I'm not going to vote anyway. Really? No. I, I'm giving you shit. I'm kidding you shit. I, I don't. I, just, I like, don't care if you. Vote. No, I, dude, I don't. It's so as far away. It's too far away, man. No I, no, I. I'm with you, brother. No, I'm with you. I would. Next.
0: Yeah, I would never tell anyone they need to vote. You know, whatever. I, I just. It's interesting to see where things are going because there's a lot of things that are. Upsetting people about the current state of the country, even though we're very early into the presidency. We'll see. Um, but yeah, leave, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really means a lot because I've seen that we're back in the top 20 very often in the government category when I look and we slipped out for a while. So it's important that we get those rankings up high. And uh, I don't want to blow it because of the fact that every now and again a guest will have to cancel. But if things go accordingly, Next week might be one of the biggest guests we've ever had on the podcast.
1: Who we having next week? I don't even remember.
0: Then I'm gonna <laughs>
1: destroy it for the. Uh, okay, sorry guys, I don't know who it is. Never mind, never mind.
0: You, you know who I'm talking about. I don't. Uh, know Who we having next week? <laughs> Starts with an R. Don't. don't <laughs> I'll 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 bleep this out. Uh, you want me to say it? <laughs> you can text it to okay. me if you want. I'll tell you right now, and I'll just blank. I'll bleep it out here.
1: Oh, we do have. Oh, my boy. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I forgot about that. No, but he's,
0: if if he's a go and it sounds like he is, it'll be the it'll be top five guests we've had on.
1: Oh, he's good. No, and he's but he, see that's the. Just a good dude. You, to, you're yeah. saying his name. Oh, I mean, I mean, bleep it out again. Um, um, yeah. bleep, bleep is just a good guy. Again. Now, you know, we'll, we'll get him on. A g- tremendous individual, and and he's he's always he's he's just fun, and he's yeah. he's he's gregarious. I, just
0: don't ever, I don't ever like to put the name out a week in advance because nah. things could change. But yeah, uh, you know. You'll see. If if things go accordingly, it'll be a great interview with him. (laughs) And uh, that's that's really it. I don't know if you have anything else to say. No,
1: guys, you guys keep rocking. Keep out there grinding. Just one day, one foot in front of the other. John, my boy, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, brother. You're going to get there. And uh, if you don't need any of the natural remedies or synthetic remedies to help you, then don't use them. Just use the net. You get out there and, and, you know, you're a Marine, brother. Get out there and put some put some miles in on the pavement. Things will get better. And to everybody else that are going through hard times, guys, it's going to get better. It always does. It doesn't happen overnight. But things that are great that you really savor, they usually take time and you have to work on them. And that's why I savor my life so much now is because it took me three years, if not more, to get my shit together. That's why I, I'm able to enjoy it more because it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I had to work at it.
0: And that's also why we have, uh, as the outro music plays, Mark Slaughter never yeah. giving up, never give it up. The, Don't let yourself. <laughs> They're awesome, your dude. You- no, I can't do Mark Slaughter. Dude, come on, karaoke. He's, he's uh, he's awesome. They, and Slaughter's actually putting out a vinyl of their uh, their third album, which is pretty cool. I, I saw it as vinyls coming back, but yeah, that's why we have it at the end. Never mm-hmm. give up. Never give awesome. up, guys.
2: That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.